Hosting for this podcast is made possible through mtgcast.com, which is supported by a generous contribution from quietspeculation.com, Magic's premier trading and financial news site. Hello again and welcome to the Mana Pool. This is episode this is Monday Night Magic. This is totally the wrong fo- folder to be looking at numbers. <laughs> I was like, 350... No. Dude. 277. Dude, I don't believe you. 277. 277. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> of the Mana Pool. And, yay. We are brought to you, as always, by Cardshark.com, a better way to buy and sell collectible card games with the brand new card optimizer, which will save you lots of money because it's sweet like that. And because eBay sucks. Because eBay sucks. And we've got... Uh, actually, wait, wait. There was a new thing in the newsletter. I don't remember what it was now. Oh, yeah. So it, was it the survey? The user so survey? First thing this morning. and Then I had to go to work. God help us all. Let's see. Oh, uh, they're previewing the new feature, the buy deck. Oh. You can type or paste a list of cards... And it builds an, uh, a shopping cart for you, an optimized shopping cart for you. So you have to be sure to spell stuff right, I guess. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Jurf the mind sculptor. You're not. You're not gonna find that one. Jurf. Jurf That's actually pretty convenient, though. For those of us who use Tapped Out, that sounds very handy. It does. So there you go. It says they're releasing it to their newsletter followers first. So, I guess you can find that eventually. It's a beta. It's in beta at the moment. Mm-hmm. So, so for now, you might only be able to get to it through the link in the newsletter. Possibly. Subscribe to the newsletter. Subscribe to the newsletter. Carchark.com. What was that? The newsletter. Oh, my chocolate. Oh, God. Sorry, you do? I dropped my chocolate. Now I'm no. pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Rightfully so. Okay, so yeah, go to Card Shark, check that out. If uh, you're not subscribed to the newsletter, well, duh. <laughs> go subscribe to the newsletter. See what you're missing. Yeah, really. And that's that. So, I am Chewy the lead dork here, and with me as always are some dorks. Dorks, sound off. Hey, I'm Brian. I'm the lead rambler. I have haste and first talk, and I'm going to be talking a lot. So, yes, that sums it up. All right. Uh, I'm and my... I'm here to talk. <sighs> I'm, uh, you got me good there. I admit it. Uh, I'm the I'm the rules guy and the game lore guy, and Brian interrupts me constantly. It's true. It's okay. And Dirk is uh, not with us uh, this week for various familial reasons. It's a good word right there. You like it? I liked it. Yeah. So we brought Bill back because it's, you know, a new set. And it seems like that's <laughs> when we have Bill on. Do what? Yeah, the real reason I'm here is because I'm not as good at populating as Dirk is. I understand. <laughs> that's okay. Few of us are. And by that I mean none of us are, it turns out. He's the greatest man alive for a reason. <laughs> That's awful. So, so yeah, it's Bill. I'm here. 
there was something that happened that we should probably talk about before we get to the new cards. There was a banned and restricted list update. Yay! Yay. And since I talked to this to death uh, on Monday Night Magic last night, I'm going to let you guys talk about it. All right. So, um, on May 3rd, 2013, uh, the following cards are going to be banned and modern. Second Sunrise. That is all. And in Vintage, Regrowth is unrestricted. What I find really interesting is that Regrowth has been restricted since... 1994. Yeah. 1994. What, what, what year did the game come out? 1993. Yeah. If and I remember correctly, Curdape was also on that very first restricted list. I think it was. <laughs> so I'm really curious to see what this does. I mean, it's a great effect for one in a green. Get a card out of your graveyard. Any card you want. It's combo-rific, and I think it has as much application today, well, a lot more than it did back then, but is it safe? I don't know. We'll find out. And the second Sunrise is banned to prevent eggs. That's the first and last reason they give. Nobody, nobody, I don't know if anyone was surprised or not, I don't, I don't know that, but um, you can't. I, I I think the second you see Second Sunrise, like oh okay, they want eggs to go away. So, which I found it interesting the rationale that they put toward it was actually that it was causing larger tournaments to go longer. And yeah. I guess I never really thought I thought about it in the context of individual matches. What were you gonna say? Um, yeah, I was I, I was going to say it wasn't just for eggs. It wasn't just because of the deck, but because the effect that the deck was having on the larger tournament structure and logistics and everything. Because I, I think we actually mentioned um, uh, the the bathroom break, midterm bathroom break. Yeah, Kibler, that, I think we did. We did. We did. Yeah, we did. yeah we are finding a rule for that. And the fact <laughs> that it didn't matter at all. <laughs> Do you guys remember when they banned uh, the top? The top, and was that extended? I can't remember if it was extended or block constructed. I think it was extended, though, now that you it say that. extended, as far as I remember. But it yeah, was for a similar same reason. reason. It was just yeah. making everything take too damn long. Same with Charizard, I guess. I'm going to go out on a limb and say <laughs> yeah. top should be banned in EDH, and I'm going to let all the hate come in, but that's how I feel. So. Not so, any hate for me. Did anyone, uh, did anyone, did anything actually get banned in EDH? I don't know. Let's turn to our ADH correspondent, Bill. Bill, how's that weather looking today? Well, I know that EDH has been a fun place, as I try to remember. Yes. Okay. Staff (laughs) of Domination is unbanned. Think about that. Do you remember what that does? Let that say my time. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) Exactly. Well, everything is unbanned. So, (laughs) good job, Staff of Domination. But in exchange... We Let's probably three. read the staff real quick. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Since it is so old. So, Staff of Domination is an artifact that costs three. It's rare from Fifth Dawn, which was the uh, third set in the first Meriden block. <laughs> For a single colorless, you can untap Staff of Domination. That's important. For two and tap, you can gain one life. For three and tap, you can untap target creature. For four and tap, you can tap target creature. And for five and tap, you can draw a card. So if you get any sort of 
I guess, stupid amounts of mana combo mm-hmm. going, then you can gain infinite life or draw your library or whatever. Yeah. And that's I mean, there, there are lots of parts bad. that say, congratulations on your infinite mana combo. I mean, the Fireball says that. <laughs> yeah, really. I remember when this card came out, and in the, either the week after the set came out or the week after that, but pretty soon afterward, uh, Mark Rosewater was talking in his article about it, and he said, you know, people were asking me, you know, what did we design this card to do? And the completely honest answer out of R&D is, we don't know. They they literally made an artifact card, and they're like, let's just throw these abilities on here and let the players have fun with it. So they didn't build it to be any sort of metagame tool. They didn't build it to have synergy with X mechanic or Y mechanic. They're like, let's throw these mechan- th- these abilities on an artifact and see what they come up with. And I find that very interesting because, <laughs> well, so now so that's been unbanned. So yes. untap to tap. And, and I, I, I thought it was interesting that Staff of Domination and uh, Regrowth got um, got the, the boot lifted off of them on the same day for pretty much the same reason. You know, this card has been banned forever because it was combo-rific, but there are a million other combos with even more broken cards, so let's just see what happens if we let it out <laughs> for a drive. Yeah. So then we've also got Trade Secrets, which is now banned. Trade Secrets, which you might remember from Magic the Gathering Commander. Oops. <laughs> Holy crap, really? Yeah. Nope. That was awesome. just printed in Commander. <laughs> da, da, da. I was really, really surprised. I was like, I must be thinking of another card. When I when I thought of what Trade Secrets does, I was like, no, that can't be the card they banned. And... I guess it is, and in the explanation they say that it's been coming because they have situations where two players agree to like draw a million cards and everyone else is left out. And I guess I in our local play groups, drawing lots and lots of cards is beneficial, but does not automatically win you the game. So yeah, yes. I guess that depends on the how degenerate the environment itself is. Yeah, when I when I read the explanation, it made sense. I got it. I was like, oh, the reason it didn't, the reason it wouldn't have occurred to me beforehand is just like you were saying, Brian, is that we don't play with jerks. We play with each other. Yeah. Hey, but, I'm a jerk. I'm well, not I mean, that kind of jerk. I mean, yeah. super jerks, yeah. <laughs> but to, but yeah, the thing is, you know, there are many many magic players out there who are the type of people that we despise, and many of them play commander, so. <laughs> apparently this is this apparently this is happening where two pe- where two players will say, "All right, screw those guys. Let's play a real game of magic and forget them." And so they do that, and everybody else is like, "Well, crap." Yeah, see, and, and I guess that makes sense. I just it's not a problem for us, so I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, it just wouldn't have occurred to us. And I'm Pretty a little sure sad to see things. go. What? Pretty sure it's one of those things where any play group that doesn't do something stupid like that would run it and no one would bat an eye at it. So like all the other commander band rules, you know, if your group isn't gonna be stupid about it, have fun. Yeah, and just remember much. to take it out before you play it with strangers. Yeah. Right. I actually brought that up on uh Monday Night Magic. I was like, you know, back in the day, 
one person in our group played trade secrets, and it's because it was vital to his deck that he find everything he needed, and he would trade secrets with someone. And eventually, we learned to just trade secrets once and say, no, we're done. And he would be like, don't you want to draw more cards? No, because he was getting more out of it than we were. And that was back when we played 60-card decks, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I never completely learned that lesson. Yeah, you uh-huh. never did, because you're like, yeah, more cards, sweet. I'm like, dude, stop it. And then Corey would win, and we'd be like, <sighs> my. <laughs> yeah, Mike's never learned to play 60-card decks. Yesterday was Corey's birthday. Which is kind of funny, because he would always build 60-card decks and sealed events. <laughs> hey, shut up, you. It's true. It's true. That doesn't mean I want all these people to know all my secrets. <laughs> Go to www.mikeshiversecrets.com. I am not going there. That's probably. Oh, good. that's okay. Sign up for the newsletter. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. But I think that's all that's going on in Commander Town. Uh, hey, Mike. Yes. As Bernie Mac said, I don't care if you like me. I like me. <laughs> <laughs> so don't don't worry about dead? what they think. It's fun. I'll, I'll remember that. <laughs> he probably had lots of curses and all, but you know he didn't record this podcast, so. Isn't isn't he dead? Yeah, he did. It's sad. Last night before Eminem, I watched uh, a, a documentary thing, sort of a, a look back at Bernie Mac and his career and speaking with a bunch of his fellow comedians and actors and whatnot. It was really good. It's on Netflix for another couple days. <laughs> so it's probably gone by the time you guys are hearing this. My bad. I'm such a tease. <laughs> that much we know. Yeah. So that's Commander. Meh. Whatever. I, I like the way that, other than uh, not getting to hear Jeremy Schofield talk about playing eggs anymore, this has no effect on me. <laughs> <laughs> You're a happier person for it. I, I, I kind of like the concept of unbannings. You know, I get why bannings happen. I'm really glad that Jace was banned. Jace the Mind Sculptor was banned in Stoneforge Mystic. I get why those happen. But I'm always more curious when it's an unbanning because they don't do those very often. And it's kind of like with that, just this air of like, all right, what, we're, we're going to let this out. What's going to happen? You know? So. It's like, cats out of the bag and it might eat your face. The last re, uh, unbanning I remember was, uh, Valakut being unbanned in modern, mm-hmm. which saw the scape ship deck appear. But it didn't dominate by any means, so they were like, "Yeah, it's fine." Yeah, I think part of the reason why the initial modern list was so long was so that they wouldn't have to run in with a bunch of bannings one month later, and they could actually do periodic unbannings much right. more often. Yeah, and and, they and, said and it would just end up being a more positive experience every time there was an announcement. It, it, they they pretty much said as much. You know, it was a brand new format at a time when the game was already really well established. So you have to find a reason to draw people in, and if people went to one event and just thought it was terrible, by the time you even did any bannings, it's already too late, because people go, oh, you know, we should bring back uh, Extended, and or I'm just going to go back to Standard and Legacy, you know, mm-hmm. so. They should bring back Extended, said nobody ever, except for that one guy, and he's kind of a jerk. That one guy who said that's enough bacon. I don't think anyone's ever said that. What a jackass. (laughs) That sounds like a year. He probably uh, drew all of his deck with the trade secrets, too. What a toolbox. (laughs) 
I swear, sometimes I okay. I have a lot of respect for the rules committee. I really do. And you know, I am very much in favor of keeping things fun and casual. But it sounds like some of the play groups they play with, everybody has a main deck. Well, I guess an EDH main deck, but like has has an omniscience in every deck they play because yeah that's just what it feels like like all the options all the time forever and like all you have to do is draw it and you're good yeah yeah so dragon's maze dragon's yeah. maze was there one more thing that happened was there uh, that you gave us a link for Oh, right, not Dragon's Maze. Uh, longtime magic artist Quentin Hoover has uh, passed away, or died, or any other assorted way to say it. He is no longer with us. And yeah. he was responsible for really helping to shape uh, magic's early look. Yeah, he, he was one of those uh, artists in, in, the, in the early okay. staple of magic artists who... When when the art was uh, a little more, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to Reform. say this. Yeah, a, a, a little bit. In, in instead of how magic art looks today, which is mostly you know um, you know fantasy and sci-fi realistic. Back then there was more uh, comic book style stuff, and there was more art type stuff in the art. And then he was one of those early staple of art, early staple of artists. And he gave the game some things that are just really, really uh, striking and, and memorable. Like if you if you search for his name on Gather and and do a and do a visual spoiler, you know one of the cards the, in the top row. The link of that'll be in the show notes, by the way. Okay, yeah, one of the cards in the top row is is Adakar Unicorn, and when you see that art, the first thought is just wow. Like don't read the text box because that'll spoil the the, the entire experience. Just just spoil look at the, the art. <laughs> Well, for me, part of what is so striking about his work is comparing some of the um, older stuff with some of the stuff that he's done a little later and looking at some stuff from unglued and unhinged. Yeah. Like, I really always liked the art on MC, uh, and I don't know why. I guess it was just some of the attention to detail and and the composition, plus I like the card, but... um, And... Uh, right above it, Elder Landworm was one of the first cards I ever saw, period. And the way that it really is like a, a, a work of art, it's sim- it's simplistic a little bit, but not, you know, not untalented. But the way that the dragon, the worm is, is worked into, literally into the background. Um, yeah, it's, that it's was, that comic book type art with where it's mostly, you know, lines and colors and, and shading. Krovigan Vampire. Wow. Wow, yeah. <laughs> See, I didn't I didn't look through this ahead of time, so the the I, good art for Homerid. Yeah, the the badass crusher face Homerid. Yeah. Uh, the original Wrath of God was Quentin Hoover. Yeah. The original Regeneration. Yeah. Uh Nameless Doppelganger. Yeah. Nameless Race. Oh, Nettling Imp. <laughs> Preacher. There are so many that as you flip through this, you're like, oh, that guy. I never would have thought. Preacher. What did he die of? Uh, I am not sure. I don't know that. And I don't think this Facebook... I didn't know he did the art on Vesuvian Doppelganger and Vesuvian Shapeshifter. Yeah. 
for for Time Spiral, they they brought a lot of people back to to do callbacks to their old work. Yeah, like that's part of the reason why they had him do Amru Scout and Amru Seekers because back in the day he did Amru Kithkin. Yeah, it looks like his most recent stuff is from Lorwyn with Plover Knights. Mm-hmm. Which version of Plover Knight is that? Is that from Knights vs Dragons? No, that's what Plover Knight always looks like. Well, he's talking about the symbol. Oh yeah, I was, I was just confused by the symbol. Right. Yeah, I see. I see. I see the Knights vs Dragon, but that is the art from Lorwyn. Right. Yeah. So well, that's really too bad, and I, you know, I hope that his family is doing as well as they can. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have any other information, but... Do we have any more information about the whole creative director thing? I don't want to open a can of worms. I just... I don't really have a whole lot of information other than secondhand. It's basically a restructuring thing, isn't it? Okay. That's, that's the question I got. Official statement? I mean, they... They've answered on Twitter that they still have a creative team and that their creative team is still involved. Um, but I don't think they ever actually made a direct statement beyond us just being kind of confused. So what are you talking about since you brought it up? And we haven't mentioned it before. Well, I don't really know just about anything about it. So does someone that actually read the Twitter... So you brought it up for... What? <laughs> To find out more, to learn Justin, more. <laughs> so, Brady Delmermuth, who has been uh, with uh, Wizards of the Coast forever and who, uh, last I checked, was the creative director, is no longer with the company. And apparently the reason for that is uh, it sounds like what we've been able to guess uh, through various uh, statements by various Wizards officials, Elaine Chase and whatnot, it sounds like uh, creative is being sort of integrated in with uh, R&D. Not fully, but it sounds like everything's being restructured in such a way that that position was no longer necessary. Mm-hmm. We think. So, yeah. yeah. He posted on the forum and his like on the Wizards forum in the ongoing column where people ask him questions and he responded response just that, you know, he his position was eliminated and like that was pretty much it and that's sort of what set people off cuz like we had no information other than that to my knowledge and if you throw a spark into the magic community that something is going to burn so as far as i'm aware they haven't given too much more than that other than just responses of don't worry we care about the story it's cool so we'll see where it goes <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> as long as they keep making good cards i could really give a damn yeah. Okay, well that, yeah, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't mean to cause controversy, I just really didn't know, and I thought one of you gentlemen could inform me, so now I know, and knowing is like the entire battle in this instance. <laughs> if you round up, yes. Yeah, well, of course you round up, because, you know, yeah, yeah, awesome. So, Dragon's Maze, let's try that again, will it work this time? Dragon's Maze. Dagron Maze. <laughs> maze. Dagron corn. <laughs> Yay! So we have the full set now. Yes. And I guess... It looks like there are ten colored cards. Or monocolored cards, rather. In each color. Yeah. So that's nice and easy. Are there any of these... 
Um, look interesting. I really like the has the snare squad. That's gonna be annoying. That's gonna be very annoying. Yeah. So for two and a white, it's a one four human soldier. It's common. It's common. And whenever it attacks, you may pay a white. If you do, tap target creature and opponent controls. So that clears the way for your dudes to get through. It clears the way for your battalion dudes to stick around longer. Mm-hmm. He's another attacker, so you can get the battalion count. Yep. Cool. Yeah. And he has four toughness, so he'll probably live through whatever does block him. <laughs> Presumably. Hmm. Speaking of battalion, um, when I read the Boros Mastiff right next to it, he's a bear for a white one. He's a 2-2, and his battalion thing is he gains lifelink until end of turn. Uh, I was kind of surprised that there wasn't already a lifelink battalion dude. Yeah, I know, right? So that's cool that there is one now. That's useful. Yeah, somehow in my mind I always assumed there was, but... Huh. Yeah, because <laughs> you're playing white, so... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, duh. <laughs> well... Now the hound has made it better. Yes. And he has cute little dog armor. Oh, he's got cute little dog armor. Rough. <laughs> like, get him, Sparky. And he turns around like, who is Sparky? <laughs> oh. Uh, I'm not sure if uh, the Liev Decree, Liev Decree is going to make me hate people. Ah, I mean, uh, we already had... Um, it might. We already had uh, the one that's that did one, but... Um, cantrips, the uh, in, inaction injunction. Yeah. I, which I think is just better. So, I'm not too worried about this. It's like a it's like a two person falter really, and it might buy you another turn if they've only got two guys you're worried about. But eh, I don't think it's all that dangerous. Fair enough. Go ahead. What do you think? Do you think it's dangerous? Who me? Yes. No. So you thought you might hate it. No, I just, I'm pretty sure at a pre-release someone's going to hit me with it and then kill me, and I'm going to curse loudly. Yeah, it's I, I, it's it's up there with um feeling of dread in terms of usefulness overall. Ah. Yeah. I think it's going to be one of those things that, I mean, it's kind of an Azurius card. I mean, it has the picture and everything, but it's going to be one of those things that's going to wander into the other aggressive decks pretty easily. <laughs> or Yeah, like... You know, Boros is like, okay, well, I need these guys to survive a battalion attack. Because a lot of the time you're sitting there with two guys, and they kind of suck without battalion. So now you can get some damage out of those guys early, or if you get all three and you actually have battalion, then mm-hmm. go to town. So Yeah. And if, if you're playing it in Orzov, it's like, <laughs> time walk, extort three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you will not attack me now. <laughs> How do you like the weird outfit he's wearing? That is a weird outfit. The sort of like arc reactor looking. Mm-hmm. It looks sort of like um, GLaDOS just wrapped around him. It's like so, what would happen if GLaDOS and Hello Kitty were an outfit. Hey, there you go. So I got a question for the comic book guys, which would be Chewie and I don't know if anybody else. So It would be Chewie and anyone else, yes. <laughs> so, so what's his name? Stark. Has an arc reactor in his chest. It's keeping him alive. It's also what powers the suit. So then, when his friend Brody or whatever wants to put on a suit, it just works. Well, presumably they also have arc reactors in them. Like, are, you, are we just getting onto tangent into movie nonsense? Or? Is that well, the, not the, the way it is in the comic books? The, is, are they not powered by arc reactors? 
Are they powered by double A's? I think they're just suits in the comic books. I think okay. they're C batteries in the comics. There might be D batteries. This is pretty old. Ah, that's what I meant. I'm sorry. Magic. <laughs> they're powered by smug. They're powered <laughs> by maze sentinels. I don't know. Okay. That was a sorry attempt to I to my now I haven't read any Iron Man in years, as far as current Iron Man, but I have never heard of an arc reactor before the movie. Okay. I think the movie invented it because the original comic book story wasn't quite as compelling. He was just always sick. He doesn't have a gaping hole in his chest. Not so much, no. Mm, that's too bad. No, he's just sick. I don't get... Okay. I don't really have anything else to say about the remaining white cards, unless anybody else does. Uh, I do want to bring up all the maze guys. Did sure. we not talk about them last time? We, these aren't the gate guys. These are the maze guys. Oh, oh okay. yeah. The maze guys are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so do you want to tackle color, all of them? I, I, I do want to, I did want to uh, mention riot control. Pay attention to riot control. It just says prevent all damage that would be dealt to you, not you and your creatures. Just you. So use that. So be aware of that, and also use it to to your advantage. They really want turbo fog to be a thing. There's like a million fogs now. Are there? There's a lot. There's like standard. There's enough where when you, especially if you. Huh? There just there just isn't a a lot of turbo. No, no, there's not a lot of turbo. But sometimes turbo fog is just just. Draw just draw less cards than your opponent. There's fog. There's clinging mists. There's moon mist, which now that people aren't really running as many Huntmaster of the Fells is not as as uh, big a threat. Um, there's uh, guided passage, not guided passage, uh, safe passage. There you go. I don't know. I'll look this up, but you get you keep going. May Sentinel. So each color has a creature that says multicolored creatures you control get something. Yeah. And for white, it's the Maze Sentinel, who for five and a white is a 3-6 with vigilance. And he gives your multicolored creatures vigilance. Do all of them cost five and a color? I think they do. I have no idea. I'm still just looking at white. Okay. Probably. It's a cycle-heavy set. We'll see. But it's a common, and it's a pretty powerful effect if you have, let's say, two multicolored creatures. Yeah. Which you probably do. You know. I mean, even a 3-6 with Vigilance for 6, I mean, it's not incredibly aggressive, but he's blocking, and sometimes he'll kill some things. It forces them to hold something back or get hit for 3. I think, kind of like with... The gate guys we talked about last time where I actually have to have two gates. It's important to remember this, these guys, none of them are multicolored. So sometimes you might take that ability for granted and you actually, it actually isn't on. I think for all of them, their ability is on for them, but we'll see when we get to the next section. Cause like Mason all has vigilance, so. Yeah, well, I meant, yeah. but the multicolored creatures you control, da da da. So. All right, so what's the blue one? The blue one is the Maze Glider, which costs five and a blue, is a three-five with flying, and gives your multicolored guys flying. Yep. Buh. I like the flavor text on that. It, because he gives your multicolored creatures flying, it says the pattern of the implicit maze extends in more than two directions, because he's adding flying, which adds a third dimension. I like that. Shut up, I'm a dork. <laughs> 
Science. Science. So what do you guys have in blue other than that? Which is ridiculously powerful. Again, even if you've only got... Actually, even if you've only got one multicolored creature, that's really good. Yeah, that's that's useful. Flying, I think, is one of the most important abilities you can grant. Yeah. Not just for the whole go aggressive, but all of a sudden, you can be in a situation where you they had a problem flyer and you just could not deal with it to, oh, okay, it's fine, got it under control. Well, he's pretty sweet because, you know, you drop him on six, and suddenly, like, the turn you cast it, you've got a 3-5 blocker, so you can afford to have all these other multicolor guys suddenly get in for that unexpected attack. So, even if he completely dies the next turn, you're probably going to get some damage in just on the instant ability. Mm-hmm. So that'd be cool. Yeah. Oh, well. So what else you guys got in blue? Uh, do you want to finish the cycle, or...? Nah, we'll get to okay. it. Okay. Well, we can't talk about blue without talking about Aetherling. Exactly. That's right. Aetherling for four and two blue is a four five. Have all of these lings been? I thought they all had like were four fours or three threes. So far, yeah, they were um, even. Okay, so that that's trippy. Uh, and it's only got four abilities. Oh my god! Well, whatever. You know, I'm I'm really not upset about that. But he talked. Maro talked his article yesterday about how he expects people to be like, "Where's the fifth ability?" Jason Mind Sculptor has four abilities. Everyone <laughs> thinks he's awesome. <laughs> so for four and well, two blue, right. for four and two blue, it's a four five shapeshifter. It's rare. Uh, pay a blue, exile Aetherling, returning it, return it to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Um, downside is it doesn't flick right back in, so you can't do shenanigans like you can with um, like Dead Eye Navigator, where you can do it a bunch of times. Upside is it doesn't die to removal ever, including wraths. Um, pay a blue, Aetherling is unblockable this turn. Uh, pay a colorless, Aetherling gets plus one, minus one until end of turn. Pay a colorless, Aetherling gets minus one, plus one until end of turn. So, yeah, I mean, you don't really need another ability because they can't kill it and it can be unblockable and it can be huge and it's going to end the game. So, yeah. You've already got six mana. It's true. I mean, even if you had exactly four blue-blue lying around, you could totally make him an unblockable, like, 9-1, and then if they pull some shenanigans, you can make him go away. That, that would so, be 8-1. 8-1, yeah. I'm mean, sorry, you're right. Because yeah. he started as a 4-5, you're correct. Math! Math is hard. <laughs> Do not try to make him a 9-1, he will die. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's pretty good. Seems good. Yep. Good luck trying to deal with him. At least he doesn't have hexproof. That you have to work for. I don't think we talked about hidden strings last time. No, it wasn't around yet. That's yeah. that's a that's a pretty cool card. That is a really interesting card. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, a blue and one. It's a spell with cipher, and it has you may tap or untap target permanent. Then you may tap or untap another target permanent. Oh, I completely missed that both of them were tap and untap. My brain was seeing it as Zarek. Oh, no. <laughs> well, that is really good. Holy crap, that's really good. Yeah, that's that's really useful. You can do a lot of interesting stuff with that. At minimum. It's one of those cards where it would just take way too long to get into all the interesting stuff you could do. Yeah. 
At, at bare yeah. minimum, you've just given the guy who got through vigilance. Yes. Yeah. Bare minimum. That is correct. It is a sorcery. Do not try to trick people. Of course, the only reason that this isn't just better than hands of hands of binding is that whatever you tap doesn't stay tapped like yeah. so the next turn. So it's not the frost titan ability, but still the ability to untap up to four things. It's crazy, crazy, I say. <laughs> crazy. Another thing. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing in blue I wanted to mention was um, mind static because. You know, everyone knows how infuriating the double mana leak is. Now you can just put double mana leak in your deck. Yeah. For a blue and three, instant counter target spell, unless it's controlled at page six. When I saw this card, I laughed out loud. I don't dislike counter spells. We'll get back to that later. And I don't dislike the people that play counter spells. What I do find funny is people moaning about the fact that, um, Mana Leak was taken out of standard. Even the other, just like a day ago, I was seeing on a forum, man, I can't believe that, you know, Zach Hill thought that Mana Leak was just too strong and is too strong for standard, and I can't believe that. And so it's kind of funny to me a little bit how mad this is going to make people because it's not a very good counterspell. No. It's, <laughs> it's not. And the fact that this is where they're trending to go, I don't hate, like I said, I don't hate counter spells, but hey, I'm I'm okay with it, but it's going to drive some people crazy. And to those people, I say, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like to think that this is them trolling all those people who are whining about cancel not being good enough. <laughs> like, we'll show you a counter spell that costs too much. Yeah. A counter <laughs> spell that makes counter. you... No, it's true. A counter spell that makes you think, wow, that, that cancel... You know, that's the gold standard, you know. Oh, maybe that's what they're doing. They're printing one that's so bad that you you want to play cancel. Maybe. <laughs> but again, I can't stress this enough. We'll get to it later. <laughs> okay. There are a number, number of cards in this set, and they all just came out at the last minute, that have incredibly disturbing art to me. Like... Innistrad level disturbing yeah. art, like Murmuring Phantasm. Yeah, Murmuring Phantasm is is getting closer. It doesn't even hold a candle to some we're going to talk about later, but yeah, Murmuring Phantasm is one. Yeah, uh, I really like the flavor text on Murmuring Phantasm. It's from Lazav. The most insidious thing in the world is nonsense that sounds just plausible enough to listen to. That's cool. That is pretty awesome. Lazav has been watching the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an 05 Defender, by the way. Yeah, that is a too. giant butt for your Simic. That's hot. What about Trait, Doctor? Notice that we're not actually talking about the card itself, because the card itself is just not that interesting. Right. Except Bill just did. <laughs> oh, sorry. I tried to throw that out there just because it sounded like, you know... If we keep describing how disturbing this is and then Lazav's thing, someone might look it up and go, oh, wow, that's going to be awesome. Oh, Somehow I completely missed that. So, sorry. It's all so, good. so what about trait doctoring? Isn't that silly? It's it's one of these cards where I'm going to get it in my sealed pool. I'm going to go... <laughs> it's, it's one of those cards that begs to be broken. What's it do? So, 
it's a rare sorcery because it has to be rare because otherwise it would piss people off when they open, you know, 75 of them. For a single blue with cipher, change the text of target permanent by replacing all instances of one color word with another or one basic land type with another until end of turn. They print these all the time, and I don't know if anyone ever plays them ever. Um, I don't think an Ill- until end of turn effect would be useful. No. Like, you, you remember Gabe's hater deck that he made. Yeah. True. That got infuriating because the, because the color word and land word changing effects were, you know, like, permanent. like cha- changing the text on karma to, karma to say something other than swamp. Yeah. And, and that was, that was even one of the tamer effects in there that he could use to hate on someone. But I'm trying to think of what you could do now with it, and I'm like, it begs to be broken, but I don't know. Can you, uh, Mr. Rules Guru Guy, if I've got a an overgrown tomb, which is a swamp and a forest, and I play Trait Doctrine, can I change all instances of forest to mountain, and can I then tap it for a red? Yes. Yeah, um, a, a card's type is part of its rules text. Okay. And you can change that land word. Mm-hmm. Okay. Really? Yeah. For some reason, I don't think I knew that. I will. That's the only I, benefit you're going to get out of the cipher on this one. Well, I will also say we talked last week about uh, the uh, Azorius champion and how she had protection from red, and there was another uh, the the Orzhov vampire that had protection from white and from black. And I said, you know, that's, it's unusual they have some protection. There are several cards in this set that have protection, and I was really surprised. I think it's because they don't want the set to be so slow that no one can get through. But yeah. you could very easily change protection to the relevant color, and just the ability to do it every turn uh, could be important, although obviously not so much for blocking. So, hmm, I don't know. Keep in mind, you can't get a guy who's pro-blue with it. No. So, sad times. Well, you can't change someone that is pro-blue to pro-something else. Right. Yeah. You can make someone pro-blue that wasn't already. Uh, Uncovered Clues, I think, is an interesting card. Let's hope we're talking about Lady Clues. (laughs) And and not not the original Not the judge. Because that would be terrible. No offense, Clues. Uh, it's a sorcery for two and a blue. Uh, look at the top four, and it's a common. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal up to two instant and or sorcery cards from among them and put the revealed cards into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. For three mana, that's not too bad. And yeah. I realize, you know, you stand a decent chance of breaking, but any time where you can possibly get, pay one card and get two back, um, seems pretty good to me. So, yeah, I remember I loved playing with Gift of the Gargantua, which was a green card like this where you could get a creature in a land. That was in Zendikar, right? No, uh, or Alara. That was back in Church of Alara. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking of something else. Yeah, yeah. Beast Hunt. Yeah. yeah. Beast Hunt. The only real downer with Uncovered Clues is that because it's a sorcery. Most of the decks that would really want to take advantage of it with things like Delvers are going to probably not be able to do much with it because they're running all those instants to leave mana open. This would not be 
printable at three mana. I'm going to just throw it out there. Oh, just, well, obviously. I'm just saying, like, being a sorcerer, I think that's the only thing that's really going to hold it back from widespread yeah. use. I don't disagree. I just, I hadn't even really thought about that concept, and I thought about it for half a second, and I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. Oof. Yeah, now my head hurts. Thanks a lot. Yeah, like drawing multiple cards at instant speed is one thing that they're trying to do much less of than they have in the past. Because it, it's sort of sitting on the point now where, like, well, for three mana, you could just draw two cards and just have the two cards every time. So it just depends on what your deck is specifically designed to do and how much it wants to dig. Mm-hmm. On to black. Oh, wait. There is one more awesome card in blue. What? Windrake! Yeah. Hell yeah, reprint. That's a 2-2 two, two flyer for two and a blue. Yay, okay, on the black. Yay, try not <laughs> you to carry those cypher spells. Uh, silly vanilla guy. The, I, the, uh, the Bane Alley black art is kind of just weird, and I realized Mark Rosewater talked about it in his article, and he was talking about how they want to differ, differ, differentiate red from black, and I get that, but... I, I guess I've just been playing so long that in my head, black is a color of giant cockroach. And um, the ghoul, vanilla ghouls are like a 5-3. And this whole <laughs> having a 1-3 for 2 is just weird and alien. And I real again, part of my issue with it is maybe, okay, they're trying to differentiate it. But now they're kind of like every, every other color, green, blue, white, can all have... One three for twos, that like that. So by pushing it away from red, they're pushing it into and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I th- I think the the giant cockroachness of black is something that maybe got played up. Um, has been getting played up a little too much over the years. I mean, because remember, maybe. black is also one of the control colors. Yeah, I mean, I get that. It's just uh, uh old codger codger. Uh, get off my lawn. <laughs> Cudgel. No, that's uh, what I like, throw it. Like the troll. Yes. <laughs> uh, rogue, forwarding the rogue theme that never really went anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What the hell was that all about? <laughs> but there, there are a couple other rogues, so... That are yeah, like, there's, like, two cards, I think, that have cared about rogues the entire set. <laughs> Unless some were spoiled that I haven't seen yet. Speaking of rogues, look at the hired torturer and tell me he's not terrifying. This is... This That's is a cool card. This uh, is one of these where I, I read Mark Rosewater's article before I read the whole visual spoiler, and he's like, this is my favorite card. And I read his little description before I actually read the card, and I went back and I read the card, and I'm like, wow, this is the perfect top-down design. Because when you really think about what it wants to do and what the mechanic means, it's crazy how, how, yeah. So read the card. All right. Hired torture for two and a black. It's a two, three human rogue. It's common. It's got defender. Um, but who cares? For three and a black and tap. Target opponent loses two life. Then reveals a card at random from his or her hand. And the first time I read it, I'm like, that doesn't seem very good at all. It's a one card at random. And, and then I thought, oh my god. He's torturing you to yes. get information out of you. That's crazy. And you might, 
he hacks away a limb and you're like, okay, okay, I'll talk. You know, the money is buried under the staircase. Blah, 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 blah. You know, so, uh, I, somebody was saying, why does it have Defender? I'm like, why not? He stays at home. I, He's not a field agent, for God's sake. <laughs> Look, you see that thing over that table? He's not carrying it with him. <laughs> he, he, uh, you got to come over here. I almost want to see an uncard now where it's like a uh, hired torture uh, battalion guy, and he's like running out onto a battlefield, chucking that thing over his head. Um, but no, that, that but yeah, I like this card a lot. And it's pretty strong. The whole information thing, eh. But the whole 2-3 three for 3, which isn't great but isn't terrible, and getting you some information, it's a mana sink for when you just don't have anything else to do. And that 2-life... He's he's essentially he's essentially attacking for two at the end of their turn. So yeah, oftentimes activated abilities that mess with someone's hand are are restricted to uh, sorcery. Sorcery, but, he's, but yeah. he's not, and no. that's a big plus for him. Yeah, well, since all he's doing is showing you a card. Yeah, yeah. which is why it's probably safe. But that, I yeah. think again, the really interesting part is the loss of two life. It's not one life; it's two. There's a lot of things this card doesn't say. Like, target <laughs> opponent loses one life. <laughs> it definitely doesn't say that. He's right. I saw it myself. Or didn't see it myself. It also doesn't say destroy all creatures that can't be regenerated. But eh, nobody's perfect. <laughs> hey, he's doing what he loves. Not necessarily what you want him to do. <laughs> but really, I, you can't fault a guy for that. Yeah, he's following his passion. But the thing I like about him is that like three in a black means you're probably not going to do this every turn while doing anything else. But when you get on like the nice like Orzov board stall, the game isn't going to go forever because between that and the bleeding off of your extort spells, you're going to eventually just kill them, and that's yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. Then this is a way to cl- to quicken that. Up. That's cool. Yeah. And then there's Lavos next to him. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. Let's just party like it's 1999. Ah, that was also oh, awesome. That was also awesome. <laughs> but yeah, Maze Abomination, five and a black. Creature elemental, common, four or five. Death touch and multicolored creatures you control have death touch. So, I can't make up my mind about this guy. I really want to play Borisov with him because a lot of those Orzov, or yeah, a lot of those Boris creatures have first strike and that's sweet. <laughs> That is pretty good. I'm just I'm looking at a four or five, and usually the sweet spot for death touch. This may sound weird, but the sweet spot for death touch is actually a little smaller. Usually, death touch is, is most potent when it's on smaller guys because then you're trading up. Like if you have a one one for two that has death touch and it's taking down their like six six for five or six mm-hmm. uh, with death touch. Um, then that's a little something, but obviously the key here is not him, although that's the first thing I turn to is, you know, what does he do? Because he's got that ability all the time. But now this is the ability to go, like, you know, oh, I don't have... My Kingpin's pet now has Death Touch. My um, Frostburn Weird now has Death Touch. And, and like you said, in First Strike, woo, go nuts. So, yeah. I, I think this ability is very useful. I don't know if it's as strong as the flyer. This, in a lot of instances, this may just say they're unblockable. But whereas the flyer one says, if you don't have flyers, these really are unblockable. This says 
these are unblockable unless they really don't want to take the damage or they're going to lose, and then they're still blockable, you know? So they make it less attractive, but they don't. you don't rob them of that opportunity entirely. Yeah. I like how he enables hardcore mode when you're playing with the test pilot. And is in fact you have in fact unlocked hardcore hardcore mode. Unfortunately, you cannot save your progress. So, mm-hmm. Pontiff of Blight. Yeah, he certainly pretty, is. Zombies shouldn't be clerics. That seems like a that seems like a oxymoron. <laughs> they turn on dead and then they regret it immediately. <laughs> toward the light. Don't walk toward the light. Bow your heads so I may eat your brains. So the, <laughs> damn right. so the Pontiff of Blight, for two black and four, he's a two-seven zombie cleric, and he has extort, and he also says other creatures you control have extort. So extort, 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 extort. Boom. This is really freaking strong. This is uh, – this – I uh, – uh, this – hmm. And I didn't even realize the first time I read it, I was just so stuck on the ability. I didn't realize it was a two seven. Seven. And I realized, yeah, okay, it costs six, so they have to give it some sort of stat. Uh, but the ability itself is so strong. And then if you untap with this guy in play and you've got any number of other creatures and you play like a smite or something and you're like, play smite, extort for five. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much every spell turns into a, Giant fireball mana drain type. Well, not mana drain, but left drain. Getting this guy out with the crypt ghast just seems like magical Christmas land. Magical Christmas land, but it's a two nightmare before Christmas land. There you go. It's not even really like can't ever happen sort of thing. It's like And the, the Crypt Ghast helps you play this guy and have mana left over. He can literally play the Crypt Ghast, untap. Play this guy and still and have extort. <laughs> and extort. <laughs> from <Crypt> <laughs> uh, this is going to be a card that lives in people's EDH black good stuff decks forever. Yep. Because in group games it gets even more absurd when you start gaining massive life. I mean, I when we played Commander in Charlotte, I had like one or two extort guys, and each time around the table I was gaining like five life every time I used it, and that adds up pretty quick. Yeah. There's gonna there's gonna be that guy at your pre-release that goes Orzhov and manages to get uh, a crypt gas from their from their gate crash, a pack rat from their return to Ravnica guild pack, a guild booster, and this guy, and everyone is going yeah. to hate them. I realize the pack rat doesn't actually have all that much synergy with this guy, except that you can make a million guys. Pack yeah. rat just doesn't need an excuse to. I don't be... think you can get pack rat at the pre-release because it's not part of a guild. Sure you can. It's yeah. A black card. Stuff in the guild pack is just stuff playable in your colors. Oh, okay. I, I thought they were actually all going to be guild watermarked cards. No, no, all it's right. not watermarked stuff. No. Okay. Well, never mind. It was, it's the same as it. Uh, the, they're literally using the same guild boosters that you've been using for the last two. Oh, so, okay. yeah. Well, never mind then. Back to this so, terrifying yes, hellscape we created. Pack Rat is, is back, ladies and gentlemen. I kind of, one of the reasons I kind of enjoyed Gatecraft so much is I didn't have to worry about it. So, 
Screw that. <laughs> okay. Um, so you, uh, Mike and Chewie played Rakdos at the Return to Ravnica pre-release. Is Rakdos Drake good or not? He's he's okay. Yeah, he's all right. Um, yeah, for a black and two, he's a one-two with flying and unleash. Um, yeah, that's that that's all right. Yeah. I okay. Really want to talk about Sinister Possession because okay. the first time I looked at it, and every time I look at it now, all I hear is this demonic voice going, "Gucci, Gucci, goo." <laughs> <laughs> That guy is being attacked by the tickle monster. I agree. <laughs> it's like the and that's like the tickle, the tickle monster from hell. <laughs> it's like the tickle monster if he were designed for '90s comics. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't really matter what the card does because it doesn't matter. I just love the art. Yeah. <laughs> the card itself is anything special. Yeah. But, uh, so on to red. Red. Yeah. Oh, for the guilds. <laughs> I I knew before the minute he I was like, what's the first card in red? All right, Chewie's gonna okay. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a strange card for two and a red. It's a sorcery that says monocolored creatures can't block this turn. So it's like a it's like a weird falter. Yeah, it's, it's not it, good. It, it's it stands the chance of being like a blowout, but because you can't count on it, it's just. I mean, sometimes it's just good enough to go, hey, two guys can't block, but sometimes it's not when those aren't the things you really need to worry about. So, I don't know. Very, very situational. And then the next card, clear a path. A single red sorcery common again. Destroy target creature with defender. That's... It wasn't hurting anybody. (laughs) It's weird, but it makes perfect sense. Yeah. If you remember, in Return to Ravnica, there was the very strong defender theme with the whole Axbane Guardian, oh, yeah. uh, the Mike like Mike Lebowski, no Mike um, Wazowski guy. Yeah. Uh, and we're seeing some <laughs> more of that. Key- <laughs> what? I just heard Billy Crystal go, eh, "The dude abides." <laughs> <laughs> Still never seen that. That, that actually pretty much matches the flavor text. If you want to read it in his voice for us. <laughs> I've still never seen that movie. Uh, but no, I mean, looking back, you know, the, the hired torturer is a, is a defender. The, um, the freaky art, uh, Murring thing. Phantasm is a, is a, is a defender. So you're gonna see a couple of those, so. The torturer. Oh. Kill the torturer. I like the flavor text. It's great. Why do guards always look surprised when we bash them? Asked Rurik. And this is the two-headed, yeah. Um, I think they expect a bribe, said Thar. He's talking to himself, and it's awesome. Well, the two heads have very distinct personalities. Yeah, yeah, no, that's why it's great, because, like, Rurik Thar just, like, bash these two guys, and then he's, you know, having a tiny philosophical question to himself and responding and very they're... civilly for a two-headed monster. And, of course, they're Orzhov guards sprawled out in the art right there. Yep. So they probably, in fact, did expect a bribe. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Rurik Thar reminds me of Too Bad. He was a, a He-Man villain back in the day. T-W-O, bad, Too Bad. He had two heads, and they would argue with each other. Nice. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the red maze guy is the maid rusher for an elemental. He's cost six, the same as the others. He's a 6-3 with haste. 
which is interesting. It's kind of like, what, a tenement crasher? Mm-hmm. Uh, and multicolored creatures you control have haste. This is one of the ones where it's either going to not matter at all or it's going to be ridiculous because if you untap, everything you control have haste. The fact that you're ahead basically a turn or more on your opponent, it complete. if you thought combat math was screwed up before, it's so much harder now. Haste, I don't know. I think this one might be one of the stronger, stronger ones. Well, the thing is, because because he costs six, he ends up being much harder to exploit. Because how much do you actually have in your hand? Maybe you're going to top your finger for a card. Mm. I don't. I mean, I know he's a red creature, but having three toughness in a world of centaur tokens just feels kind of miserable. It's like you're going to dump your maze rusher, and you're going to be like, all right, I'm going to use this haste, and then you're going to look at the centaur token, and you're going to go, oh, huh. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Three toughness right now isn't all that hot. It's 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 okay, but I love his moments. I just I feel like that's gonna really hold him back I'm, a little bit. I guess I'm I'm not as concerned about him living as the fact that he is a six power, and there are lots of high toughness guys here. Two, four, two, seven, you know, two, three, four, five, to, and except for the two, seven, this guy crushes through. All of them. So, mm-hmm. as far as making life harder on your opponent, I don't know. I mean, he does his job as a six drop of showing up and messing with someone's combat math, but it feels like just having haste with a guy who's probably going to trade when he attacks takes a little bit of the fun away from his other ability. Maybe. Like, you can't have both in most situations. Yeah. But he looks cool. He's definitely got that going for him. Hmm. On to burn? Burn. Meh. Punish the enemy, four and a red, instant common, uh, sh- bolt a player, and bolt a creature. Not bolt a creature in its controller, not bolt a player and a creature they control. It's any creature and any player. Yep. Which is important. Very, which is why it costs freaking five. And that not, matters a uh, lot more for multiplayer. What is the other spell that does that for three cost? Uh, for three? Is it three? No, I, I'm, I, there's one for two with landfall. Wait, what? Uh, what question are you asking? There's one that's that, that does the player and creature they control, or creature and its controller, for searing for blade. three. Searing oh, blaze does for two with uh, with landfall. With landfall, lunges is, lunge costs three and does two damage. Yeah, I thought there was one that did three. I guess there's I'm thinking one, of searing blaze with landfall. Of jagged lightning, but that hits two creatures. That could be. Are you thinking of the Morbid spell? Oh, that could be it, too. What? Um, oh, there's There was the burn spell from um, Brimstone Volley. Well, that no, doesn't hit a does five, though. Five. That, that only deals five to a target. So he's talking about things that can actually hit You're right. Two. No, I was mixing it up with something else. There was some kicker spell. I think I know what she was talking about. But So, so punish the enemy hits three, three to a creature and three to a player. Yeah, but the next one is the important one. This one is very important. <laughs> Away. So, somebody read that. Okay, the Pyre Wild Shaman costs a red and two for a three one Goblin Shaman rare. <laughs> Aww. Oh no rare. Uh and he has Blood Rush for just a red and one. You discard him and target attacking creature gets plus three plus one until end of turn. Now this is the important part. Whenever one or more creatures you control deal combat damage to a player, if Pyrewild Shaman is in your graveyard, you may pay three. If you do, return Pyrewild Shaman to your hand. 
the slow speed. Yes, they can get a little mana intensive to keep buying him back every turn, but that's a lot of extra damage. That is a lot of extra damage, and I also like the fact that if you just need a blocker and if, you, if you've got somebody that flies or somebody that's unblockable um, or just more guys than them, you can just keep pressing the advantage and then buy it back. Nothing says you have to blood rush him. It's cheaper to blood rush him than to play him, but I see him also maybe filling this pseudo um, um, grave uh, grave crawler, which I realize grave crawler can't block, but that same rebuy to the battlefield sort mm. of effect. Yeah. He just won't go away. And the fact that you can blood rush him for basically a giant growth is Pretty good. Basically a giant growth, not like Rubble Belt Maka, which is a giant growth. Yeah. <laughs> a hill giant that blood rushes for giant growth. How's that for yep. a throwback? Or what, what's, the, what's the one from Time Spiral? Where yeah, I was trying to remember what the red one was called. Um, but, uh, but, 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 um, I keep thinking of Colossal Might, but that's green and red. Is there a B in there? And awesome. Why can we not remember this? This is not hard. I'll um, figure it out. I don't know. Big ass guy with a hammer. That's all I remember. MC Hammer. Okay. Um, wow. Then there's Riot Piker. I would play with Riot Piker. Are we oh, really yeah. talking about a goblin with first strike? Yes. <laughs> We're we gonna do them all, aren't we? If able. No. <laughs> um, I'm mentioning him specifically because Brute force. his spear has a helmet. That's Brute the only force. That's, that's right. <laughs> and Bill is also right. Riot Piker's spear has a helmet. His spear is a helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if there's a head still in there. That'd be awesome. I hope so. <laughs> He's a berserker. What do yeah. you want from him? His love for you is ticking clock. All right, so I, I don't see anything else in red worth talking about. Nope. I think Weapon Surge is worth mentioning just because it's a good card. It's an is it card that I actually hope I get in my Recto stuff. Who are you? <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> yeah. It's that pretty is good. pretty... That, it has the potential for blowout. And the overload is only two mana. Yeah, it's going to be really devastating on a block when you surprise them. <laughs> it's like, or I just kill you out of nowhere when I attack Oh, yeah, it. I mean, that's the obvious use. But, like, giving all of your guys first strike and plus one out of nowhere is going to trade up really nicely. Yes. Without actually losing your guys. <laughs> so that's cool. All right. Yeah. Next. All right. We just actually thought all those red cards were worth talking about. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, so, so, you know what evolved creatures need? Trample. That is so, ridiculous. Let's take a hammerhead shark and mate it with, I don't know, a behemoth? An a elephant? Rhino? I don't know what that is. Maybe a rhino. It's a street shark. It's a battering crasis. It's a fish beast. Yeah. It's common for two and a green. It's a two-one with trample and evolve. And that just, to me, feels very natural. I realize they have to put it at three, because they put it at two, that's probably a little too good. Yeah. But the fact that it's only got one toughness actually helps it a little bit as far as evolve. Um, it's easier to turn into a three-two and then a four-three, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, being a bear would be a step down for this guy. So they had the... Uh, Crown Ceratoc or whatever in the last set, and that was the, hey, all your evolved guys suddenly have trample, and now this is the, who needs a beast? I am a beast. Beastie beast beast. Mm-hmm. I got trample on my own guy. 
Yeah, all right, enough of him. Yep. Speaking about giving trample, the maze behemoth is the green one. And for six, he's a 5-4 with trample, and multicolored creatures you control have trample. Yep. Ta-da. He's straightforward. <laughs> it returned to the ley lines as quickly as it had appeared, leaving only broken bodies to mark its passage. That lay, the art is the ley line for mm-hmm. the green ley line. Do the others have the ley lines? Not that I could tell. No, the others aren't related to the ley lines, but this one obviously is. Well, yeah, I wonder if that was some repurposed art. Well, no, if you Possibly. look at the other maze creatures, it looks like at least the red one, the black one, there's that kind of ley line energy beneath them, even if it's not the same location. Really? Well, oh, yeah, the white one? Huh. Not until you said that. And the blue huh. one? Yeah. Ley lines are important, people. Apparently, they figure into the maze. I guess the green one, I noticed because it was so blatantly obvious. Yeah, it, I, I didn't really realize it until just now. And if the art wasn't doing it for you, then the flavor text is, Ley lines, dummy. <laughs> yeah, dummy. But I didn't really look at it before, so... Yeah, they all have but, it in there. And the ley line uh, phantom or phantasm or whatever in the last set it was one of the first cards to mention... The maze itself. Yeah. So, yeah. Follow the yellow brick ley line. We. We. Okay. Um. I wonder why the Skylasher isn't a spider. Maybe because its toughness isn't high enough. It's terrifying. This is is kind of freaky looking art. Yeah. Uh, Skylasher for a green one. He's a 2-2 insect, and he's rare. He has flash. He can't be countered. He has reach, and he has protection from blue. So who was the guy? Scragnoth? Yeah, Scragnoth. Scragnoth. So did they just pick Scragnoth, Scragnoth up, blah, blah, Scragnoth up, and be like, go get him? Yeah. <laughs> be Scragnoth used. there. That's fairly ridiculous. So, Screw so. you right in the face, blue. So, Screw your so, mama with the L.A. Raiders. So grizzly bears is one in a green and a 2-2. Two, two. And this is a grizzly bear that has flash, can't be countered, reach, and protection from blue. They are really like, no, 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 in case you don't get it, screw you, blue. <laughs> but the yeah. art the art has this insect, and it's not even, the, there's a harpoon coming out of it, but not, you know, like at the front or the back, but its back just like opens up. Like, it splits open, and this harpoon is literally going through the neck of this poor bird that's just flying there, and there's blood coming out the back of it. Oh, I get it. It's scorpion. Yeah, I was just thinking, get over here. Yeah. I think it's about to be dragged into that mouth thing on its back. Maybe that is its mouth. If you look at it from the side, it almost looks like if a if a Marl, Marlboro from Final Fantasy... Uh, could like climb up trees and had uh, more pinchers instead of tentacles. That would yeah. be awful. There goes my ability to sleep for the rest of my life. Thanks a lot, Brian. <laughs> Just don't sleep near trees. Marlboro used bad breath hook thing. You're, <laughs> you get all these bad status effects. Including which, being impaled. <laughs> including being impaled, which is in fact a very bad status effect. It's pretty up there. Although sometimes I hate confusion more. Did you guys notice? Holy crap. Did you guys notice green has no uncommons? Um, uh, it's two uh, rares and eight commons. 
Wow. I was just thinking, wow, there's really, I don't feel like there's really a whole lot of green I want to talk about. And that would be why. This stuff isn't bad. I kind of like Fido Burst. Same for red. I don't think any of them have uncommons. Same for black. Yeah, blue doesn't either. Yeah, okay, there are no uncommons. So there are no monocolored uncommon cards. Wow, damn, I didn't even... So there's two rares and eight commons for each monocolor. Wow, that's freaky. That's weird. Well, I guess you're opening multicolor cards in every pack, or else. Hey, gate guy people, the maze things. Yeah, I guess you're better than I thought that you were. I guess so. Are we done with green? I really... It's not yeah, like, there's there's not a lot going on. Yeah, there's nothing going on. We're green. The good thing is we can avoid artifacts, because we already talked about the clues tones. Yeah. And we can avoid lands, because we already talked about all of those. So now it's just the multicolored. Do you want to so take a quick break? Yeah, let's pause a moment. And I had some music all picked out, and then I forget what it was. Oh. Damn it. Oh, no, I never did figure out any music to play. So, yeah, I got I got nothing. Let's go with, uh, hmm, any uh, requests? <laughs> um, um, Mortal Kombat theme? <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so we're right. over here. And this is the, the Mortal Kombat theme by the Immortals from, what was this, was it, did they do this for the commercial? Like for marketing? I thought they yeah, did it was the movie. It was around before the movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that the one by the Immortals was just something that was done like a million years ago. Just around the same time as the game, I thought. Hmm. The game is a song adaptation. Wow, no, no speaking for you. Worth it. So yeah, this will be the Mortal Kombat theme by the Immortals, and we'll be right back. <laughs> I remember Mortal Monday. That was an awesome day. Apparently before the whole game release thing was standardized to whatever day games come out on now. Is it Wednesday? Tuesday? I don't even remember. It's been so long since I worked at GameStop. Don't know. I think it's Tuesday still. Fair enough. Anyway, so, multicolored cards. There's a lot of them. <laughs> they are legion. Luckily, we talked about a bunch of them, and a bunch of them are terrible. Or not worth talking about. Yeah, just not interesting. Uh, Beetleform Mage is definitely interesting. Yeah? I like Beetleform Mage, yeah. This is gonna be killer, dude. Yeah, this is good. For, for one, a green and a blue, it's a 2-2 common human insect wizard. Uh, being common, <laughs> hopefully. Yeah, really, human insect wizard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but being common, you're gonna, uh, you're hopefully gonna get some of these. Um, 
and it has an activated ability for a green and a blue. It gets plus two, plus two, and gains flying until end of turn. Activate this ability only once each turn. So it's a flying root walla. I was that's gonna. Great. I, I was trying to figure out some way to work root walla into that. So yeah. Yeah. This this is ridiculous to be common. That's, that's crazy. Yeah, that's really useful. Like the one right above it, the the ascended law mage is gonna be enough of a pain in the butt. God. Well, so there was that um last year in the core set um not last year I guess the year before now um 2000 uh, M M12 there when hexproof was the mechanic there was the for four there was the two two flyer with hexproof and I don't think that was really a problem so for the same cost but with a white instead of a colorless you get a bump in power I don't think it's gonna be crazy. I'm not talking about like standard or anything like that. I'm talking about limited. It's gonna like at the pre-release is gonna kick you in the balls over. Yeah, the- limit. That that be really frustrating. That hexproof Avon guy was infuriating and limited. I, I guess I was just in the right colors, right? I didn't mind it so much. I guess so. Lucky. I guess so. I'm just that good. You're so in case Brian's. Although this is also the ascended law mage is also an uncommon. We were just talking about the common beetle form mage. I love the fact that when you, you play the mage on like turn three, and then maybe next turn you can pump and attack, or if you're not in a position to attack, then you can always pump it later. It's gonna be really hard to burn out. <clears throat> Except with Blast of Genius, where if you have to kill a Beetle Form mage, then you can kill it with a Blast of Genius. You wanna read it? Sure. Blast of Genius. <laughs> AKA Ralzeric in a very distant... Is that a picture of Niv-Mizzet, or is that actually Niv-Mizzet going, yo... I think he's photobombing. You guys have heard this before. He's photobombing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he does. Uh, for four uh, and a blue and a red, because is it? Uh, it's a sorcery. It's uncommon. Choose target creature or player. Draw three cards, then discard a card. Blast of Genius deals damage equal to the discarded card's converted mana cost to that creature or player. So... It's like a kaboom. Well, not like a kaboom because it's one person. What is that? Um, erratic explosion. Um, erratic explosion. Yeah. But instead of just not, instead of just doing the top card of the library, you draw three and then you discard a card so it can even be in your hand or you can just draw into it and go kaboom. Oh, no, I keep wanting to say that because that's the word that comes to mind from the effect, like kaboom, but I, for six mana, I like it. Limited, of course, but I like it. It's about the time where you need to draw some more cards and you want to kill something. So there ah. you go. Look, man, you've already got omniscience in your deck. This is Plan B. Oh, that's true. Well, hey, well then this is free to cast. So yeah. there you go. Or you could just discard omniscience. Blam! I just blam for like nine, ten, yeah, ten. <laughs> I win. <laughs> How much does Enter the Infinite cost? Does that cost like twelve? I think. Yeah. Twelve, yeah. Silly yeah. Dice, blue cards. Throw yeah, them the the game over. <laughs> I really like that Raul Zarek is, I see it's dark, and he's like, alright, we're good. Niv-Mizzet will never be able to photobomb us. Now look, there's that building in the background. We got it. I'm going to strike this awesome pose, take the picture. Ha! Ah! He just pops over the building like, sucker. <laughs> Niv-Mizzet is going to be so tagged on Facebook. He's like, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> Because you know Nimizit is the kind of guy who'd be like, gotcha, bitch! <laughs> I bet he wants to be called a pimp named Nimizit. 
whatever the case is going to have Nivmizzet in it. So just keeps adding words. You say the whole thing. It's like a tribe called Quest. It's a a pimp called Nivmizzet. Anyway, Dracogenus. That's a uh, it's a Boondocks thing. In case anyone missed it. So the Boondocks, yes. These two remember? Boros cards here are ridiculous. Yeah, I don't. The first one's pretty good. The second one has my attention more, but no. Well, let me let me read the first one then. Blaze Commando, three a red and a white. He's a five three Minotaur soldier who is uncommon. And when an instant or sorcery spell you control deals damage, you know, like they do, you get two one one hasty red and white soldier dudes. Yeah, we. So like, damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 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 something as simple as saying you know. Mugging, creature guys, whoa. Yeah, shock your dude, get two guys. <laughs> yeah. Seems good. It steals yeah. damage, to, like, to a creature, to a player, to a planeswalker, yeah. to your face. To your mom, who's on Facebook. I mean, it seems pretty good, and the tokens stick around, so I like it. Yeah. For those of you who don't have the patience for a symbol of the Legion, <laughs> this guy's <laughs> right now. <laughs> I don't... Get the flavor text. A true Boros commando only calls for reinforcements so they can clean up the mess, but he's calling for reinforcements. Yeah, because he just made a mess with a damage spell. Yeah, because someone just got shot. Uh, (laughs) He's literally carrying a lava axe. I mean... (laughs) Big event shot! (laughs) Okay. So, do you remember Master Warcraft? Yeah. Yes. Good. This is not that. But it's in the it's in the Boros flavor. I just read a card. So somebody else read it. Okay, right. it's Boros Battle Shape. There you go. For five, a red and a white. It's a Minotaur soldier, so it costs seven. It's a rare seven for a five-five. Uh, and at the beginning of each combat, up to one target creature attacks or blocks this turn if able, and up to one target creature can't attack or block this combat. And Brian likes it so much that he got sleepy in the middle of the. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Nah, I mean, this is really, really good. If only just to go, especially in a stall, like, hey, you know what? Yeah. Let's start sending your utility guys over. Yeah. Hey, come here. <laughs> Red <laughs> Rover. Red Rover. The most fun use for this is going to be in multiplayer, though. He's like Uncle Sam. He's like, I want you. <laughs> oh, he stands in the way of this point. guy right here. Because <laughs> like, you get into multiplayer and he just starts instigating the hell out of stuff. <laughs> Well, you can't decide. Talked about your mom. What? (laughs) Well, you can't decide. Like we finally found out about Master Warcraft after several years, you can't decide who the creature attacks. No, you just say, "Hey, that dude has to attack." Mm -hmm. Yeah, this reads a little more cleanly. Mm -hmm. I like it. I think it's good. It's not like completely broken or anything. It's just very, very good. It is pretty good. Uh, What else we got? We got birds. I like the birds a lot. <laughs> the bronze beak moa. It's a two, a white and a green for a two-two creature bird. And whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, bronze beak moa gets plus three plus three until end of turn. And there are so many fun things you can do with this, but the most important is look at the picture. Those are swans of war. <laughs> <laughs> Swan lake of death. They are very pretty birds. I agree. I, I want to know who put the armor on them. I was like, who had they that did. job? You think they, they put it on each other? They're home with more loyalty than any conscript. 
That doesn't say much for the conscripts, I guess. But you guys oh, well. remember in uh, the Disney Alice in Wonderland when the uh, flamingo that she's supposed to be playing croquet uh, uh, croquet with keeps <laughs> yeah. freaking out. That's what I keep seeing. There's this little dude chasing after one of these with some armor, and it keeps like flapping around and flying around in circles and kicking him. And I just and it comedy ensues is all I'm seeing. Well, Mo, I can't fly, so it's just running around. Well, you know, yeah. But it's flapping, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's, it's doing that ostrich Muppet Run thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've seen an ostrich do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> uh, I've seen ostriches do absolutely amazing things. My favorite one being a trip to the zoo when an ostrich actually wanted to get around this bunch of rhinos, so it ducked next to one of the cars that the zoo maintenance people had and just started walking in the most awkward, sneaky, sneaky, exaggerated way to get around these stupid rhinos, and then it floored it as soon as it got past them. It was great. <laughs> it's a completely great. irrelevant story, but it's wonderful. <laughs> no, that's, that's pretty relevant. Um, but yeah. yeah, as for these guys, um, this is a set with Populate, so it's going to be a 5.5 five or an 8.8 eight more often than you'd think. Yeah, they definitely printed the one-mana white Populate spell that we didn't mention earlier, uh, Wake the Reflections. So, you know, watch out for that. Meanwhile, when you get constructed, you get all kinds of things like lingering souls. Oh, God. Hmm. I don't know that anyone's going to run and construct it because it's still just a... Even when it's huge, it's a vanilla creature. But yeah. if they did, you could just go, like, you know... um, You could bust out the spell from uh, Dark Ascension that makes five guys for five, um, increasing devotion. And yeah. then you've got a 1717 bird. <laughs> it makes a pizza joint? A burger joint? I screwed that all up. I've still never eaten in Five Guys. That's good. It's a burger joint. It will Steiny, I will mount my war ostrich. Get him ready for battle. Poor Steiny. Aw. But yeah, birds just make me happy. Kind of like the Carnage Gladiator. <laughs> he looks like he's so happy. Look at him. He's having a great time. I also <laughs> like the Carnage Gladiator. He's like, I got this. <laughs> I hope I get a Carnage Gladiator. I hope you do. It's nuts, man. He's a skeleton warrior, and he's uncommon. And for two, a black and a red, he's a 4-2. Whenever a creature blocks any creature, that creature's controller loses one life. And for one, a black and a red, you can regenerate the Carnage Gladiator. Because he's a skeleton. (laughs) Yeah, he is. And he is so happy. He really is. He's like, yay! Everybody dies. <laughs> so, Orzhov, you thought you could just, you know, keep blocking forever? Well, no. No, really, the defenders are cute. <laughs> oh, man. He's pretty awesome. So next up on Brian's list of incredibly creepy and disturbing art is Debt to the Deathless. Because that's that looks pretty new Phyrexian, yeah. You should see it. Like if you zoom up the art, it's really kind of disturbing. Um, the flavor text: some of Orzhov's cruelest collectors remember their debtors by taste alone. Oh. And, and you look at the art, yeah. Uh-huh. As far as far as the effect. I was kind of like, oh, really? Really? Because we don't have enough accentuate, accentuate, whatever, effects in multiplayer. Now it's the, uh, for X, two white and two black sorcery, uncommon, not rare, 
each opponent loses two times X life, you gain life equal to gain life equal to the life lost this way. So yes, you gain double X as long as that much life is lost. Um, uh, I don't think it's bad. I think that's fine. The fact that you have to pay five to get two life out of it and drain for two is great. Uh, so it's not abusive, but I'm just like starting to. Okay, yes, I've, I've seen it. I get it. I understand. Next, and then the art is just. So are there graven cool, dominator like. statues? What? Are those graven dominator statues? Yeah, those are Orzhov gargoyles. Yeah. Cool. That's one word for it. Let's get down and dirty. Do we want to talk about the Deadbridge channel? Oh, we did, didn't we? We yeah, did. that was that was uh, earlier. Okay, never mind. That yeah. was that was one of the ones at the end of the last episode, wasn't it? Yep. That's why. Okay. Down and dirty is new. Eh. You don't like That's okay. it? It's okay. It's kind of boring. It's kind of interesting where it's it's one of the these that it's two nifty effects, but they don't really feed off of each other. The way that some of the others do, it's kind of like, hey, you, you know, you draw, discard two cards, and I get a card back. So it's card advantage, but it doesn't like you don't get any sort of added bonus from doing them both together. You know, the way that some of them do. Yeah. Down and dirty, targeting myself. You. I'm could, an idiot. <laughs> you could target yourself with down. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's synergy. You're just still an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Although, you have to resolve dirty. You have to pick the target for dirty before yeah. you... Yeah. You're still an idiot if you do it. <laughs> Let's not do that. This is perhaps one of the first ones we've seen where it's going to be cast split so much more often than fused. Yeah, you really only cast a fuse if you have absolutely nothing else going on Yeah. at that point in the game. Yeah. Dragon Shift... Dragons, dragons, dragons blam. <laughs> dragon shift. What, uh, one, a blue and a red is an instant and it's a rare. Until end of turn, target creature you control becomes a 4-4 blue and red dragon, loses all abilities and gains flying. With overload of three, two blue and two red. Background. Dragons blam. Really makes me want to build a deck, uh, 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 was it rug? I think red, blue, green. Yeah, where it's like the elves that draw you a card when they come in, and just like a ton of little guys that build up mana, and then <laughs> oh my guys are dragons, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like it's like making um it's like making a, 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 a day of the dragons deck like a couple of us did way back when. Yeah. Except you're actually going to get to attack with all your guys this turn. I had a Day of the Dragons deck that would, was playing, like, all these defenders, just so people would be like, what is he doing over there? And then Day of the Dragons, and I, I win. Except it never worked that way. But this, yeah. you really get some... Um, you, you really get some effect out of it, because the creatures are still in play. You're not getting new creatures, so they don't have to gain haste or anything like that. Right. And I guess in a pinch... If you're about to die, you can always use it during their turn to make it one of your guys into a dragon blocker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a valid use for it. Dude, my guy's a 4-4 in the air. Block. Ha! Yeah. 
It is important to note that it loses all abilities. So, say you've got a Thrag Tusk for some reason, because that card's terrible, and, and you know they're attacking you, and you're like, okay, uh, become a dragon. Well, the Thrag Tusk isn't a Thrag Tusk anymore, so it doesn't get any tokens or anything. That's a really niche problem, though. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just terrible. Let me just go drown in filth over here. <laughs> well, no, it, it 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 is important because, like, say you use it with one of the um, uh, the, uh, the you know the one maze. of the maze guys or or something like that. You know, then that that static ability will be shut off. But hey, you have a dragon, so it's not all bad. Yeah, and it's like you said before. I mean, you can use this to turn one of your defenders into four damage that they didn't expect. Mm-hmm. So it's not like the creatures are coming in if it's already been out it effectively as haste. Yeah. So go get them. <laughs> It'll have its uses. I'm happy with both sides of it. So, Emma? Emma Amara? Amara. Oh, did you not want to mention Drowning Filth just because it's weird? Well, um, we just, we can if you want. I'm just trying to avoid talking about every card. I just didn't think it was that interesting. Okay, down and dirty. <laughs> Drowning <laughs> Filth is actually really interesting from a flavor perspective. A black and a green sorcery common. Choose target creature. Put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard. Then that creature gets minus one, minus one until end of turn for each land card in your graveyard. That's weird. That That's a weird. lot of work. Do you, do you gamble? Do you say, all right, I'm going to target, you know, I can, I've got one land in my graveyard. They're, they've got a one, one that, you know, I can kill and that's great. Or they've got a three, three that I really need to kill. What do you do? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah, my advice is that unless it's an emergency, don't point at something more that currently has, you know, more than one toughness more than the number of lands in your graveyard right now. Unless it's an absolute emergency. Like you, if you have one land in there, point it at a 2-2, pointing it at a 3-3 is just asking for nothing to happen. You're asking for probability to kick in and then it won't feel right, but it'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting for somebody to deck themselves at the pre-release with Drown in Filth and Dead Bridge Chant. Yeah, I don't see that happening. That'll yeah, be a sad either. story when it does, though. Yeah, it'll be hilarious. Oh, well. I just thought it was weird. I mean, it's really a self-mill card that's pretending to be a removal spell. Well, every once in a while it'll get something. Yeah. Oh, well. Moving on. Moving right. on. Amara Tondris. Legendary creature, Elf Shaman. For a green and a white, you get a 2-2 and... For five, a green and a white, you get a (laughs) 5-7. With prevent all damage that would be dealt to creature tokens you control. Did you just try and sketch an invisible creature? I tried to say what the card was supposed to be. Uh So the backstory behind this card, because um, this is actually a plot character from anyone who's read the books. I'm not, but I know that apparently some people really cared because Twitter was upset. Um, she's a 5-7 elf with an ability that, you know, preventing damage to tokens is neat. But there's another card at Mythic, which is a green and a white 2-2 called Voice of Resurgence, which has this ability of whenever an opponent casts a spell during your turn or when that card dies, put a green-white elemental creature token on the battlefield whose power and toughness are equal to the number of creatures you control. And these two cards were swapped around because they didn't want Amara, who originally was the 2-2 with that ability, to be a mythic. 
and have all of the other maze runners at rare. So they just casually mm. swap the two around, which means now your commander has this... Like, if you played her as a commander, she calls seven and has a relatively negligible token ability instead of the ability to pump out all of those elemental tokens, which are in the art. <laughs> like, the actual art for those elementals has her in it. So Whoops. That was pretty much a swapped-it-around thing, and they've admitted that they screwed up on that one. But for a few days, that was the anger of Twitter. I get the flavor perspective. That's fine. I realize why people have an issue with that. I wouldn't call this negligible. I think the ability to go, all of my guy, all of my tokens are semi-indestructible. Pretty relevant. First time I read this card, I will admit I goofed. I missed the token part, and I was like, ha 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 ha. And then I read it again. I was like, I'll still take it. Yeah, she sort of turned into a poor man's Avacyn, which is why some people were upset. Because it's mainly because people apparently really liked the character, and they just felt like it was a massive flavor fail. Gotcha. Having not read them, I don't know how awesome she is, but apparently she's awesome enough. So I I considered it a pro for the game that people could actually be that invested in the fiction that they're upset when one of the characters isn't well represented. Sure. So, hey. But in the meantime, we have a 5-7 elf, so beware. You know, I remember thinking that the the other creature, whose name escapes me, looked... Voice of Resurgence. Voice of Resurgence. Looks a little weird to be a 2-2. Yeah, he's he's sticking up over some trees in his art. Hmm. He's kind of a giant. Yeah, he looks like he'd be much more impressive than a 2-2 for 2. And I was like, that's really weird. But... Then I went, well, He's maybe he, it's because, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> it's like, maybe it's just because his ability is so awesome, this gave him epic art. Because that's really awesome. Yeah, I mean, kind of like, um, uh, oh, Figure of Destiny starts out small, yeah. but his art looks big because awesome stuff happens. They have admitted in the past that they um, consider art when they're, uh, what what pieces get what art when they are looking at power levels if you go back i can't believe i remember this but it tells you what matters you know in my brain uh go back to the original ravnica block after um the set came out mark rosewater or or one of the developers at the time um i had an article where he was talking about the uh centaur guy the three one that when it dies you gain three life or something like that mm-hmm. the centaur you, yeah and uh and watch wolf and the art, Watch Wolf was originally the, the, the 3 3 for 2 was going to be a centaur. And they got the art back and they thought it looked too goofy. And they're like, this is a card we expect to see high level tournament play. So they then commissioned the art for Watch Wolf and moved the centaur to his own card. So they, they will take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. So essentially, they goofed. It happens. Yeah, they admitted it. I mean, they came out and admitted it, like, next day. So they really fessed up. I mean, yeah, we messed up. We're really sorry. And yeah. so that's why when they got rid of the creative director position later that week, everyone was kind of like, what? Even though it was completely unrelated. Yeah, because this card was finished, like, a year ago. And and, and the creative yeah. people had nothing to do with that, because if anything, they made the character people like 
So it was just a terrible coincidence. So if Feral Animus looks really familiar, that's weird. What? He was in Guild Pact. Yeah, I was going to say the art is completely new. That would be weird. But yeah, the card itself is from Guild Pact, from Gruul. I hope so. I love the uh, the original art with the, the... The goblin with the fur that was, like, coming at you. Yeah, he had, yeah, like, bear cool. claws and a bear yeah. head as a hat, or a fo- a wolf head as a hat. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. That had more of a silly sort of, like, ah. <laughs> Whereas this guy looks actually kind of feral. Yeah. Um, Lifting weights. Hey, look, pernicious deed. Yeah, gift of get case of granite. No gifting, no regifting. They'll die. <laughs> Did they really print this? They really printed this. Yeah, that's, that's fine. I mean, granted, the uh, the pernicious deed was stronger because you could play it, and then if it came around to your turn again, you then had that much more mana to sink into it. But Sure. Yeah, the deed you just run out there and and wait with an evil growl snake. Mm-hmm. But the gaze of granite, granite for um, for X two black and a green is a rare sorcery. Destroy each non-land permanent with converted mana cost X or less. And you know sometimes when you play deed, you run it out and activate it on the same turn, and that's basically what playing gaze of granite is. But the, the flexibility is worth a lot. And for Gaze of Granite, it's just a one-shot uh, scalable wrath, which is cool. But it's not just a wrath. Okay. Um, a Chroma's Vengeance. Sort of. <laughs> it can also kill Planeswalkers. That's true. Hell yeah, kill Tebold for five mana. Poor <laughs> <laughs> Tebold just doesn't get any respect. I'm trying as hard as to turn into a Niv-Mizzet, too. You can kill Baby Jace for six mana. Screw that there you go. <laughs> you can kill all their tokens for three and completely wreck the early development of a Slesnia deck. Ah, do that. That's funny. <laughs> Those darn hippies have it coming anyway. Be stone, my friend. It just seems that three mana and X seems really cheap to kill each non-land permanent with mana cost X or less. No, when it's actually in your hand and you're counting up your lands and looking at the board, you'll see that it costs just a bit just right. And, and a little more than you would want it to cost right now. <laughs> Plus, there's always that temptation whenever you have a card like this to go, okay, well, I could kill all these things, but he still have these two things here, so maybe I'll wait a little longer. Or, you know, okay, I can kill his stuff, but, you know, he's going to have a problem card in a while. So I sometimes you fall into the trap of you hold on to it for too long. Because you want to get more value out of it, as we've said with some of these other cards. And you might wait a turn or two too long. Uh, Gleam of Battle for four red and white is an enchantment. Whenever a creature you control attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. It's uncommon. It's kind of interesting. It's it's a good way to push the Boros, you know, yay, attacking Um Battalion, you know, sort of thing, but with a, a tie over into the, the Simic, like, yay, plus one, plus one counters, and, and, uh, even the Rakdos sort of thing. It's funny, you can play like a, um, who's a, who's a mono red? Splatter Thug? Is that a, is that a yes. mono red? You can play a Splatter Thug, 
leashed, as it were, you know, not unleashed, and then you attack, and it's unleashed now. <laughs> like the fury of Cap's luck. It's interesting that this is an uncommon. When I saw a multicolored six-mana enchantment, I just automatically assumed it was rare. Yeah, I think right. it has... I think it has to cost six because um, the the thing with it costing six is it doesn't impact the board sooner. But the nice thing is you can you're probably at the point where you can just lay it down and attack with at least two people. Yeah. And it, again, it ha- almost like has that pseudo haste where it impacts the board immediately, and your opponent saw what was coming, saw, saw how the board was laid out, and the fact that you're attacking and you've got bigger guys now completely throws off what was going on. Yeah. So. Kind of like Gruel War Chant. God, I love this card. <laughs> Go ahead, then. Oh, okay. Gruel War Chant for two, a red, and a green is an uncommon enchantment that says each attacking creature you control gets plus one, plus O oh, and can't be blocked except by two or more creatures. Ow. So it's a... Uh, a goblin war drums and a what's the, the orcish oriflam? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, and it's I've always loved that ability to the of the can't be blocked except by two or more creatures when it's global like that, and it makes them bigger, so that helps. It's like really a bad cool. cap skill that shares. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, this is Ugh. pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean it's really good on madcap skills on one creature. This is all your dudes. <laughs> it's sort of the drawback of Madcap skills, because they're going to be dealing with that probably for the rest of the game. Yeah, since it's not an R, you don't have to worry about the two-for-one. Yeah. yeah. Pretty nice. I love it. It's not like Gruul has small creatures, either. They're going to feel it. There's some really impactful uncommons. The Gleam of Battle, the Gruul like, Chant. And, like, the next at least two, probably the next, more. The next yeah, these all got clustered together somehow alphabetically. The next four... Hold, I keep going. The next four uncommons. Okay, we have to talk about all these. Yeah, so read the Haunter, somebody. Haunter. Haunter of Night Vale, uh, for three, a blue, and a black, is a three-four spirit, is uncommon, and creatures your opponents control get minus one, minus zero. I have two comments to say. First of all, it doesn't have flying. Oh. Uh, which to me almost seems a little counterintuitive. And second of all, I want to know what it evolves into. Gengar <laughs> of the Night Vale. <laughs> I don't get it. Damn it, Chewie. I'm sorry, I don't know your Pokemans. <laughs> well, at least you know it was a Pokemon. You see, I was an adult. <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> like, past tense. At some point, I'm sure I was an adult. <laughs> well, I had a brother who's five years younger than I am. <laughs> so. so, but... I hang out at playgrounds. I mean, what? So this... So, <laughs> So, so, okay, I realize I started it. Uh, so this is, this is pretty good because not only does it enable you to attack into things you couldn't, board suits you normally couldn't attack into, but it also slows them down when they're attacking you back. So if you're running like, if you're running some, um, extort sort of effects, you've got a little more time there. Um, defender plans, whatever. And if you manage to get out more than one of these, yeah. Yeah. What was Enough the said. freaking blue thing called that did this? Huh? The um the Hinderstone? Yeah. Yeah. Uh. But this is on a body, so this guy into the smog thing. The 
All right, read the next one. Magellan. Sphinx. Sphinx. Go ahead. Like Magellan. Exactly, yeah. So the Magellan Sphinx is a three white and a blue for a one five Sphinx, uncommon, flying in vigilance, and whenever Magellan Sphinx attacks, other attacking creatures get plus one plus one until end of turn. So we kind of come to the little built-in anthem for your aggressive guys. The flying and vigilance is pretty neat. Vigilance with five toughness and flying is going to probably shut down a lot of your opponent's momentum. Yeah. It's so. one of those, like, you should be attacking with this guy's, with this guy every turn cards. Cause why not? And I like how, again, inner, inner guild synergy, it goes very well with Boros. And Simic. Or, and Simic. And, uh. Telephone. And Telephone. Uh, it doesn't go with Telephone at all. Don't be stupid, Mike. Only when the telephone attacks, Mike. Oh, I guess if you got one of those new attacking to, uh, smartphones. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I take that back. Droid rage. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Stupid robot. So, Corozda Gorgon, for three black and a green, it's a 2-5 Gorgon. These all cost five. Um, <laughs> and it's an uncommon. It's got death touch and pay to remove a plus one plus one counter from a creature you control. Target creature gets minus one minus one until in a turn. That seems pretty good. It's in the same color as it shares a color with Rakdos. So, oh, I guess I'll just put this guy in, get a counter, and go ahead and kill something or screw up your math completely, assuming you're even going to try and attack into my, you know, Death Touch guy. And it shares a color with Simic, which, you know, they literally just grow plus one plus one counters. And don't forget that they're scavenged, too. Yeah. Like in, in its own color set. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so plus one, plus one counter should be flying around like crazy people. This being repeatable seems just so strong. The only thing that keeps it from being broken is the fact that it doesn't... Like, if it had evolved, that would be crazy. But it doesn't <laughs> have a built-in plus one, plus one counter way, way, way to get get those. That's for the greater good. That's yeah. a good ability. Yeah, I think it would it would have to be rare if it... If it came with plus one, plus one counters. I mean, even if your deck fumbled on getting other stuff, a 2-5 Death Touch is still going to get the job done for a bit. And you can always scavenge in its own colors eventually. So, fun stuff. Yeah. And then a creepy picture. And then a creepy picture. I love this card, flavorfully. Crisis Incubation. For two, a green and a blue is an aura that is still in common. It's an enchant creature. Enchanted creature can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated, so it's an arrest. And for one, a green and a blue, and return the Crisis Incubation to its owner's hand, put two plus one plus one counters on enchanted creature. So it it incubates it and makes it awesome, or you could just stick it in the incubation chamber and forget about it. Yeah. Or if you get in a really awkward spot, you can let one of their guys out of the chamber and lock down. They're somehow scarier than the guy with two plus one plus one counters guy. Yeah, I don't see myself ever putting it on one of my creatures unless it's just we're both completely stalled out. Yeah, and unless you have seven, seven mana. mana. Mm-hmm. But I see this as the arrest that I can bounce if I really need to. Yeah. Yeah, that's this is really freaking strong. Did did Simic need an arrest? Apparently. Okay. They evolved one. 
They're happier this way. Honestly, given Simic sort of got this theme of evolving things against their will, it fits really well regardless. <laughs> hmm. So that's good. There's so you thought these other cards were creepy, or you thought these oh, other cards had creepy art? <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to Maw of the Obsidat. What the hell, man? This is awful. <laughs> I almost like threw up when I saw this thing. I had to look away. I can't like, stop no. looking at it. <laughs> I was like, I have to read the card, and I made myself look back at it. It is so disturbing. <laughs> I can't talk about it. You want someone else to talk about this disturbing thing? I, I mean, so, as I a know. card, I guess it's interesting. I mean, as a card, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. For for three, uh, um, a white and a black, it's a 3-3 three, three thrall who's uncommon. And the ability to sacrifice a creature, creatures you control get plus one, plus one until end of turn. What's strangely enough, you know, historically, feels much more like a very red ability. But it does fit into the white-black combination. But I'm honestly surprised this art made it out the door. Like, they, they let it. Yeah. Watch this be like, oh wait, we already know what the game day cards are, right? So there's not gonna be like a... a <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shiny, full art, Molly off of that. Only for the top eight. <laughs> Alright, so you wanna, you know, draw into top eight? I'm pretty sure we're playing for 12th. Exactly. I don't wanna risk owning that. <laughs> It would be the participation promo so that no one would show up. <laughs> going to game day? Nah. <laughs> okay. It's gonna, so, but I don't know now. So enough of that. Let's let's move on to something that's not terrifying. Like a morgue burst, which morgue is burst somehow is really less, cool. Less terrifying. I really like morgue burst. Okay. For four, a black and a red. It's a sorcery. It's common. Return target creature card from graveyard to hand. And Morgue Burst deals damage to target creature or player equal to the power of the card returned this way. Huh. That's cool. Let him in. He's on the list. Ulrich, Rakdos Club Owner. That's a pretty cool job title. Actually, I guess if Rakdos Club Owner, I could, it would really be like, let him in. He's on the list. Okay. I just, because that would be way more disturbing, because, you know, he's standing there, and he's got the barbed wire wrapped around him, and he's kind of looking at you like this, and then he goes, let him in, he's on the list. It's like, buh. I don't want to go to this club anymore. I don't care how hot the checks are. This is not happening. Too late. You're on the list. Oh, hell. You don't have a choice. I'm pretty sure the hot checks are actually on fire. <laughs> That was a subtle pun, yeah. And the first thing that happens when you walk in is that that tickle demon is like, Gucci, Gucci. (laughs) Well, I'm reminded of the Sire of Insanity, who we've covered, but the flavor text is... um, You didn't find it, did you? Yeah. Well, I was going to see if I could do it off the top of my head. Um, The is uh, Its victims become mindless lunatics. Conveniently, that's the first step in joining the cult of Rakdos. Uh, oh, we've still got a lot of these to go. Yeah. Yeah. Let's the, the see here. Back up. <laughs> uh, Whoa, what? I completely missed Pilfered Plans, the new 
not quite brainstorm, uh, not brain, oh crap, lightning. And what was the opposite of lightning in, in Azorius? It's not a lightning. What? No, it's it's the same sort of thing though. For three, it, okay, so for one, a blue and a black. Target player mills two, and you draw two. Wow, I'm completely wrong. Never mind. I'll just cut all that. <laughs> I was not sure. The first thing that came to mind for me was the um, uh, what is that? Target player mills two, and then draw a card. Oh. For one blue. Thought scour. Thought scour. Yeah. I was thinking consult the necrosages. Well, we're all thinking of draw spells. Except for me, I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's because it's a guy holding his head and it's got the word two on it twice. Mm. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. But, um, so I mentioned earlier counter spells, and some of them are not good, like the one we talked about earlier. And some of them are good. Like Plasm Capture. For two green and two blue as an instant, and it's rare, counter-target spell at the beginning of your next pre-combat main phase, add X mana in any combination of colors to your mana pool, where X is that spell's converted mana cost. This is my pick for most underrated card in the set currently. Is this underrated? I don't know, but it's so much better than it could possibly be. It doesn't even matter. So if it's being hyped, it's not being hyped enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's a lot of mana on your turn five. This is exactly what the blue deck wants to do. Is It wants to counter your Angel of Serenity or your Thrag Tusk or whatever and then play their own during their turn and still have complete access to their mana. With no commitment whatsoever, stop your threat, play my own, be ready to counter the next thing. This is ridiculously good. The only thing that's keeping it in check is the fact that things like Supreme Verdict are uncounterable. And the funny thing is, this doesn't require, this doesn't say if you do, if the spell is countered this way. So you can counter the tar- counter, they can go Supreme Verdict, they can go, uh, Plasm capture, and they're like, that's dumb. And I'm like, okay, all right, now it's my turn. I have four mana. Do Flash Grizzlebrand. <laughs> Whatever color you want. That is not the worst thing you can do with them. I think this is ridiculous. What, Mike, what's the card that does this for two blue, but you don't mana have Mana drain. Mana drain. And that's colorless mana. Is mana drain a good card? Would people call it <laughs> a good card? <laughs> I, I, I think I think the quote is um, the entire R&D team would have to be run over by a bus before Mana Drain would be reprinted. Yeah, and this is not Mana Drain because two green in there. Yeah. And is that more restrictive? Sure. But the fact that it's even <laughs> incomparable. So this is my little rant for the evening. We can we all understand what the card does. We understand the implication. I just had to highlight it, but we can keep going. Mm. It's nuts. Okay. <clears throat> Yay. 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 So I don't really care about the card, but we were talking about split card names and profit and loss. Who says that? Uh, the accounting. Like of. you guys have never heard turn and burn because apparently nobody's ever seen Top Gun, mm-hmm. but. Profit and loss? Who's who? That's not a, a phrase, is it? Yeah, it is. It's really? an accounting, like Brian says, it's an accounting phrase. But 
they're reaching, but yeah. It's yeah. it's reaching a little bit. I might prefer something like credit and debit, but if <laughs> you re- which that doesn't even make any sense. No. Tax and spend. <laughs> but but as far as an actual, but I I think Chewie's right. You know, you don't hear the phrase like as one phrase. You might talk about profit and you might talk about loss, but you don't usually go profit and loss. What? Whereas you might go to protect and serve. Well, yeah. I wanted to merger and acquisitions, but alas. Or sit and spin. Hey. <laughs> there's a luck tester. Or speak and spell. Something, you know. <laughs> Profit and loss. Shut up. <laughs> okay, anyway. Yeah, protect and serve is also boring, so let's keep going. Ready and willing is cool, but eh, I don't know if it's cool enough to mention. Yeah, we'll mention it. So ready for one, a green and a white, instant, rare, uh, your dudes are indestructible, and you untap each creature you control. And then willing for one, a black and a white, is creatures you control get death touch and lifelink until end of turn. And you confuse that. So all your dudes are indestructible, they're all untapped, and they all have death touch and lifelink. (laughs) Combat trick up the nuts. Yeah. This is almost like the perfect answer to like a... um, this is almost like uh white, green, black's version of Titanic Ultimatum. That's what this reminds me of. Hmm. Yeah. As far as, like, all your guys are completely incredible. Oh, my God. Not so facto. Yeah, it's kind of funny that if you have any tap for mana guys, you can use them to pay for it and still get to attack with them. That's right. Yeah. So that's neat. Yeah, so moving on. There's a mythic here that I have never seen before. It's great. Well, it's not great, but it's... <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, of course Brian likes it. You're almost never going to whiff unless they just only have lands. <laughs> yeah. Or if you pay zero for X. <laughs> or if I'm going to pay four to look at your <laughs> Yeah, Reap Intellect for X2 blue-black is a mythic sorcery. Target opponent reveals his or her hand. You choose up to X non-land cards from it and exile them. And you also pull stuff out of their graveyard and the rest of their hand and their library and exile those too, and they shuffle up. It is important that, yes, you do actually pull them out of their hand because, well, obviously it's in their hand. So, again, you're never going to whiff. I, I say it land, but yeah. I think this is actually pretty good. It's expensive, but you might want this more than you want, like a Rakdos's return from time to time. From time to time. Sometimes the blaze part of the return is, is very useful, but yeah, no, oh, really, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got nothing. Mm. What else is there? Da, 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 da. So. Like, ignoring the card itself or restore the piece, but the flavor text quote is attributed to Massacre Girl. Like, is that a band or something? (laughs) No, um, there was a reference to Massacre Girl in the flavor text of, um, oh, that Unleash Assassin with Death Touch. This does appear somewhere else. Alright. Yeah, there, there was, there was a reference to Massacre Girl in that flavor text as some kind of, you know, uh, notorious serial killer or whatever. And then there were some, um, uh, there was a, 
a story on the main page in the flavor article where Masker Girl was one of the um, secondary characters. Okay. It was back in when they were doing Return to Ravnica stuff. I, I just yeah, completely so this, forgot then. Yeah. Well, good job, Masker Girl. Your name caught my attention. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> I miss all the obvious stuff. I find it in the flavor text on the lackluster card. <laughs> it's a tribe called Quest. Hmm. All right. Moving on. There's uh, the Scab Clan Giant is another one of those really cool uncommons. For four, a red and a green. He's a giant warrior who's a four or five. And when he when, when he enters the battlefield, it fights target creature and opponent controls chosen at random. Which I don't know why it's worded that way, but um, because it has to. It has to give you, if target creature chosen at random and opponent controls would be more awkward, and it wouldn't give you the definition of the legal target. You know, this this gives you the definition of a legal target, you know, all in one piece without breaking it up with other words. Target creature and opponent controls. Well, why wouldn't it be it fights a random target creature and opponent controls? Can you not do that? Um, that's just not the current templating convention. I guess not. For for choosing targets at random. Fair enough. But still, he's a 4-5 that's going to punch something. Mm-hmm. I like yeah. him. And he's cool. He's got a blindfold and a big mace club thing. So that makes me happy. Hmm. I love... Beast Gorger is another one of those <laughs> sort of um, what were the green cards that used to do that? Like, um, well, it's not. Yeah. There, there's been a there's been a line of these now where the return a creature you control to their owner's hand. There was a green one in M13. Primal ducks. Primal oh ducks, yeah, right. the primal ducks. Right. Yeah. And so, hey, it works great with evolve, and it's at six six for five, so it. You can keep bouncing it if you want to keep growing your other evolved guys, or you can just keep bouncing something else. You keep your six six, or you can keep bouncing something like the draw a card elf, that sort of thing. Yay! It's a frog beast, and it has awesome flavor text. It sounds very much like a line from Avatar: The Last Airbender. <laughs> we yeah. raised eel hawks to control the squid flies, then wasp crabs to prey on the eel hawks. Now what do we do with all these wasp crabs? Gulistan, Simic Biomancer. Learned nothing. <laughs> I never watched that video about the cane toads. Ah. That's a scary frog. Spike Jester's aggressive. Yeah, he's cool. He's simple. He's just a, you know, red and a black 3-1 with haste. But man, is that going to hurt. Yeah. Hmm. Next one I see that's worth mentioning is Unflinching Courage. Same here. Well, what's it do, Mike? Unflinching Courage is one in a green and a white for an uncommon aura, and it has enchant creature. The enchanted creature gets plus two, plus two, and has trample and lifelink. They didn't just reprint our armadillo cloak because the flavor of armadillo cloak was kind of goofy to begin with, and armadillo cloak doesn't actually give the creature lifelink. It gives it the triggered, not lifelink, that ends up acting in a confusing way if you think it's supposed to be lifelink. Yeah, you can so use it as removal. So then they just printed a 
better version. <laughs> well, better in the sense that um, it works the way uh, the game does. A right more now. coherent version. <laughs> yes, a version that makes more sense to the modern player. And it's good. Oh, yeah, very good. Extremely good. Armadillo Cloak is just a massive beating. And so is this. God, I'm like, what were they thinking? They're they thinking, were thinking, hey, hex It's awesome. And at least you can't move it around the way you can with a, a behemoth sledge. Because yeah. the last thing that Armadillo Cloak needed was... Equipment. <laughs> so, like, does the art from this look like Donkey Kong Country to anybody else? Yeah, a little bit. It looks like the kind of promo splash screen you get on a Super Nintendo or a Genesis game. Yeah. I was actually thinking of, um, uh, crap. Now that I'm trying to say it out loud. Hang on. It's right here. Uh, there is, uh, Hudson's Adventure Island. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Weird. We have to, we have, there are two more cards I think we need to talk about. One is the War Leader's Helix because. Yeah. <laughs> But I Mike put it very well in the forums. Yeah, what'd you say, Mike? Yeah, basically I said that, you know, the fact that World Leader's Helix costs four for four damage to four life just proves what we knew all along that Lightning Helix was totally not fair. <laughs> not even remotely. <laughs> so yeah, if you get a World Leader's Helix, you're probably going to use it. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. If you're in either color, you're probably going to splash for it. Um, yeah. Gavin's article today made a really interesting point. Because you're getting booster packs of... You, because you're getting four boosters of Dragon's Maze and two guild boosters, you are guaranteed six multi-lands. Because yeah. the guild boosters also had a gate in them. Yes. Big thing. Yeah, so there's you're going to be able to do some interesting things with your sealed pool. You might get point. if you're going Boros, you might get one Boros Guildgate, one um, Guildgate that shares a color with it, and four um, I don't know Selesnya Guildgates. That's mm-hmm. just kind of rough, but yeah. There are going to be you know some people this weekend who are able to build a five color good stuff deck and flatten every single opponent they come up against. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen to some, to some lucky folks out there. Yeah, it's really, really important that we all remember that you can get three Mythics in one pack. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this achievement. <laughs> Sealed. Awesome. The other, uh, you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Skype has given me some sort of message about my microphone, and now it says, "Oh, you're working fine." I'm like, thank you. Uh, the other one that I think we have to talk about because I find it incredibly interesting is the Zerta Druid. Yep. It is pretty interesting. <laughs> yes. Or a red and a green human druid, common one one. I really thought it was uncommon. Uh, tap, add a green to your mana pool. So it's a land world, which would be awesome. Uh, maybe it needs to be like a 1-2 or something. Oh, but wait. Whenever you tap Zertod Druid for mana, it deals one damage to each opponent. 
It deals one damage to each opponent. It's Just, fantastical. Like, this is, you know, back in the old days when we had to work for our mana, this would say it deals one damage to you. You know. <laughs> Or it deals one damage to you and each creature you control, and you discard a card or something. <laughs> no, uh, back in the days it might say this, but then you'd risk mana burning if you didn't have anything to spend the mana on. Yeah. That's that's and true, too. So, what Brian said is what I read the first time. I was uh, like, oh, it's a, um, what's the, the, the freaking elf with the awesome art back in the day? The the Golgari one? Uh, oh, um, the, um, um, Elves, Elves of Shadow. Shadow, yeah. It was I, my brain read Elves of Deep Shadow in Gruel, and I was like, "Oh, well, that make wait what? <laughs> Holy crap!" <laughs> <laughs> this is it accelerates you because you know, duh, that's what this does. But while it's accelerating you, it it hurts your opponents. Mm-hmm. I I I mean, obviously, in a multiplayer game, that's already great because. Each opponent, but even in a in a duel, it's like I'm gonna be you know getting more mana and I'm hurting you. I and it's it's kind of like the the torturer who doesn't have to attack you to deal damage. This guy doesn't have to attack you. He just does something you already want to do. Maybe at one point I'll be tapping my druid to pay for my torture. Yeah, I don't know, dude. It's it's freaking nuts. And if you want to go old school, this thing turns on all the bloodthirst ever. I was about to say the same thing. This Ooh, is one of those ten. cards seated in the new block that's made to help out cards from the original Ravnica block. It helps out a lot of things. I mean, it's really nice right now because it offsets all that annoying life gain the Orzhov decks used to get out of Gruul range. Yeah. And it... In the event that you're running up against a planeswalker, well, they're not getting their ultimate now. Oh, ah. I didn't even think about planeswalker. There's a this card is really, really good. I'm I really glad it's a common. It, I wouldn't be surprised if it if it made its way into constructed decks pretty easily. Yeah, oh, maybe. Yeah. What's gonna be really funny is when someone finds a way to give it lifelink, and then there's just sort of playing the extort game from the exact wrong colors. <laughs> <laughs> It's completely Slap backwards because you're gaining mana instead of spending it. It'd be great. Slap a basilisk collar on this thing and just have a good time. Yeah. Oh my god. And I love the the flavor text. Only the decadent think magic should be pristine and without cost. And what's really funny is you can capitalize the M, and it still makes sense. <laughs> uh, well seen, sir. Well seen. Only the decadent think this card game should be pristine and without cost. And you know what? Cockatrice got shut down. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh. I came to the realization of what you were going to say like half a second before you said it, and I'm like, oh no. Too soon. Oh, oh man. man, the body's still warm. Hell yeah. Oh, never mind. I was thinking of something else. Uh, I I think that wasn't wow. very pristine of you at all. Oh, while the body is still warm. <laughs> so, gentlemen, that is Dragon's Maze. We missed a few cards. We probably should have missed a few more, but you know we got excited. Yeah. So what it's do you very think? Stuff. 
I think the uncommons in this set are all stupid. Holy God. It's ridiculous. <laughs> there were no less than five of those that I read. I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, that's pretty good for a r- uncommon. What? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. What was that? Was that a cat? That was a cat. Okay, good. That's pretty sure. <laughs> Otherwise, somebody needs to go to the horse pistol. Ooh. So what uh, What do you guys think? I think we got no hybrid manas. I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. I was looking for them after you finished that. I'm like, so then there's just the hybrid left. I'm like, wait. Huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, I thought this would be the set where they played it up, but I guess not. Well, be- between clue stones, between getting the mana lands in every pack, you know, if you're, if, if you make your deck and you can't cast your spells, it's really your own fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, also, this too too much hybrid just turns the deck building process into this miserable slog through a swamp. A, in in my opinion, a, from from what I remember. It's a massive headache. It's a massive headache you got you, you've got the five piles in the middle where you've got each of your colors. You've got a pile for your artifacts. You've got your piles under those piles for the mm-hmm. multicolored. Then you've got the piles over the other piles <laughs> for the hybrid. Because if you put the hybrid in the multicolored, then you're really not doing yourself a, a service because you can be completely in gruel colors 100% and still run a blue-green hybrid card no problem as long as you've got the green. So Yeah, they, I guess the split cards fill that role anyway. They do. They yeah, do. yeah. So that's fine. We awesome set over now approximately right, three weeks M- before M- modern masters spoilers. I mean what? M fourteen. Give me my M fourteen. I think they can get modern masters first. I don't know how they're doing that. They have the pre release. They'll be like, oh yeah, you know that set that's not out yet since you're all excited about. You've just forgotten about it because they did that with poor Evison restored. Yeah, they did. Poor Evison. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Thanos block. Yeah, he's going to have the, the time gem and the power g- Wait, what? Assemble the, like, the Infinity Gauntlet with the Gate Crash card. Or with the Gates card. There you go. Maze's End is just a prototype. I was going to say Maze's End is the Infinity yeah. Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. Maze's End is a prototype for the Infinity Gauntlet. Only none of its pieces do anything about himself. It fix your mana. That's right. <laughs> Very slowly. Oh, well. Well, let's kill it then. Final thoughts, Mike. Final thoughts. Um, I'll take it back to something that was mentioned uh, a show or two ago. When Lou sent us that stuff, it wasn't immediately obvious from what he wrote. Like uh, I, I just got mine from Chewy the other day uh, when when he wrote about um, the the fish liver oil approximating the olive oil. It, it wasn't obvious from from what he wrote, but when I opened up the stuff, sandwiched in between the two copies of fish liver oil that were in my stuff was uh, was a shiny Chandra the Firebrand. So I got a Chandra covered in fish liver oil, and that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> oh my! It was pretty freaking funny. <laughs> I had to call Chewie and tell him about it. When he picked up the phone, I could hear the confusion in his voice because I never used the phone for anything. And I think it was like late enough to where I was I was weirded out a little bit. Is that the case, or was I just yeah. in the middle of something? Mm-hmm. 
No, it it it, it was late because okay. that's when I left from watching you play. Um. Oh, okay, yeah. So it was late. It was late. Yeah, it it was late, and I was using the phone, so that was very strange. So Chewie answered the phone like, "Hello." Because <laughs> you hadn't been gone in my mind long enough for you to get home. So I was like, oh, God, he's dead. Wait, he's dying. <laughs> oh, so how, how's the uh, the Grixis deck treating you? Um, Let's see. I went to another uh, FNM this past weekend, and I went one and three, um, and I learned some stuff. Uh, one of my one of my losses was to just this weird massive everything screw in games two and three after I won game one <laughs> pretty handily. Wait, wait. What exactly is everything screw? Where just you, know, you, mulligan, you mulligan to five and you draw like nothing remotely useful or playable and it just makes no sense and all the laws of probability have just uh, completely left you. You know, sitting there stranded with this terrible hand, and then you die. <laughs> Did they, like, pour sugar in your gas tank on the way out? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw a white card in there somewhere. It, it was that weird. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. <laughs> and then one round I lost because I just made a massive goofball mistake because I was getting tired. And I said, okay, when I should have said, oh, wait, in response to this. <laughs> But instead I said, okay. <laughs> it's interesting though, like if, if just going by results, this deck seems, would, would seem like, um, a, a massive failure, but I'm ha- I have so much fun playing with it. It's so awesome. Hmm. Mike's fun is actually better than your fun. Uh, it must be. <laughs> Sweet. Well, how about you, B? What you got? I'm, gu- I'm guessing you were done, Mike. I'm sorry. I am. Yes. Okay. I was being nice enough not to interrupt him. Uh, I also wanted to express gratitude uh, for the cards. Uh, what was his Lou. listener's name? I'm very sorry. I don't remember. Lou. Lou, yeah. I didn't realize at the time, um, I, or it had been long enough that I had forgotten what all was in here, except I did remember the shiny Draco because Draco's my pet. So I guess I'd give off the chaos vibe. When I'm, you know, not outwardly just saying, I love chaos. Um, so there's a shiny shared fate, Chewy. There's a, an eye of the storm, which <laughs> is just crazy. There is a psychic possession, which is probably the least crazy of these, which is saying something. There's a conjured currency. There's a warp world. And there's a scramble verse. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he's got me down. So thank you very, very much for these, and I'll try and put them to good use. I have not. Sure I have yet. I have not been to Friday Night Magic since that first time, and with with Mike, which is probably for the best because we built that deck literally ten minutes before the tournament was going to start. So I, and I just between moving and everything else, I just haven't had time to think no, about it. We never actually talked about that on the show, so nobody knows what deck you're talking about. Okay, well maybe I'll go into it a little more in depth next time when I'm not Fair like enough. half dead, and I've still got to put together. So maybe I'll do an out of the deck box, the deck that Mike and I built. Yay! Yay! That's how it. about you, Bill? Um, so first a little public service announcement from 
my last FNM experience where I realized that even at Super Casual, you should really read the slip before you sign it. Because okay. I managed to come in third undefeated. Because <laughs> I did not read the slip before I signed it. <laughs> hmm. Did your opponent screw it up and mark the wrong thing? Yeah, he marked himself as winning, and I wasn't paying attention because it was casual and late. <laughs> so. Hey, dummy. Pay attention! <laughs> It's totally on me for signing it and not looking, but it's just a reminder. Even when you get super casual, I don't think he did it on purpose. I think it's just one of those things where once you signed it and turned it in, that's what happened. So, yeah, don't screw that up. Unless you yeah. both catch it and before they enter it or something. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you, you can do that quickly, but in general, save the judges the headache because the wizard event reporter is apparently the worst thing ever coded. So. They would really appreciate it if we just didn't screw up. Yeah, you, you can't really overturn or revise results once they're entered. Yeah. They pretty much have to rebuild the round, and I don't want to make them do that. So, pay attention. Don't screw up. Yay. And other than that, um, you guys are going to the pre-release, right? Yep. Yes. You guys picked your primary guilds? Oh. Yes. Cool. <laughs> I was talking to people I, I, at my game shop about it, and some of them are, like, all finding strategic ways to not get is it. Like, they don't really care what they get. They're just looking at all the options that don't have is it and then picking one of those. That's so. all. <laughs> I, was I almost was considering going is it, but... Because there are actually those... some good is it cards in Dragon's Maze. I think people are really overvaluing one of the six packs being the Mystery Ally Guild. It really isn't likely to have that big of an impact, considering... It's just another... Yeah... It's just another pack that's going to have cards that are at least half in your color. So Well, it, it gives you the direction that you'll need for the consistency when you build your three- or four-color deck. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it, and I think I'll probably have a lot of fun if I go with Boros or Rakdos. I mostly just um, want to make sure I have access to red. <laughs> I might go Simic, because Dark's not going to be there. Mm. So somebody has to go Simic. <laughs> And hey, you might get um, Golgari as your secret ally, which would probably be pretty awesome. That would yeah. be sweet. Yeah. So, was that Bill? That was okay. That was yeah. everybody, right? Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, Dirk, what? Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Wait, call Dirk. <laughs> yeah, ten o'clock. Dirk will be like, "Hello, somebody better be dead." Actually, Chelsea would answer the phone. What, Chewie? What? <laughs> so you are dead now. I'm coming over. And she would show up, and I would actually be dead. Yeah. <laughs> like when she got here, having committed suicide rather than face her wrath, and she would <laughs> do a blood ritual and resurrect me so that she could kill me. Because <laughs> you don't mess with a brand new mama. No. Or Chelsea, <laughs> and Chelsea is both. So you know. <laughs> Synergy. Synergy. Whoa. So let's see. Final thoughts, Chewy. I've got... So, I bought a while back Xbox Live Arcade uh, Games on Demand had Mar- Mortal Kombat vs. DC Universe on sale for stupidly cheap. Just stupidly. It was like three or four bucks, something like that. I was like, yeah, alright, why not? Because Netherrealm did the new Mortal Kombat, and I love the new Mortal Kombat. And the more I read about Injustice... Uh, Gods Among Us, the bigger nerd boner I get. It's a fan service game, yeah. So, 
pretty much. What, but it's a fan service game that's good, apparently. That's what I hear. And those are rare. So I picked up the Mortal Kombat vs. DCU, and I decided to play it. And I couldn't jump. I was like, what kind of stupid-ass fighting game doesn't have jump? And my opponent's jumping around like lunatics. And I'm like, what the hell, dude? And I would every once in a while, I'd be able to jump. And I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And it didn't work very well, and I was all pissed off. So we got back from dinner with Brian and Carrie and Sam. Uh, well, when I say we, me and Mike got back to my apartment from mm-hmm. dinner with Brian and his family. And I was like, I must use the bathroom here, play a game. See if you can figure out how to jump in a stupid game. And I get out of the bathroom, and he's like, yeah, you just jump, stupid. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. But it's really set up like an idiot wrote it, because you use both uh, analog sticks, right? No, you have to use the freaking D-pad that's down here, because the analog stick is 3D movement. So when you press up there, you, like, take a step into the background. But if you're using the D-pad and you press up, you jump. That sounds unintuitive. It is way unintuitive. I, mean, I didn't even consider it. Like, I was trying to find the button you push with up to jump. <laughs> <laughs> and even that only works some of the time. Yeah. So, what was well, the name that game had for fatalities when heroes do them? Heroic Brutalities. Right. <laughs> but Classy. I started up the story mode with uh, the DC side and uh, sat there and... What was that? You guys probably didn't hear that. It was in my headset. Never mind. Uh, No, we heard that. You heard the bidding? Yeah. Yes. Oh. Mm -hmm. Sorry, just a second. Damn it, man. (laughs) I don't know what that was. There's nothing going on. That was weird. But anyway, uh, I played through the rest of the... Isn't that usually the iTunes just finished doing a job noise? Oh, right. I was encoding in Monday Night Magic. Okay. Thank you, Mike, for knowing my computer better than I do. That's so funny. (laughs) But uh, I played through the story, the, the the DC half of the story mode, and it's it's entertaining. It's completely nonsensical and stupid, but it's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And as far as fighting games go, it's not very good. But as far as you know, time sync, something to do that's that's cool. You know, I enjoyed it. I don't know why it had all the hate. I understand some of the hate that it got. Rage. <laughs> and now that I know how to jump, thank you, Mike. It's it's actually pretty good. So once I'm done screwing around with that, I'm going to screw around with Mortal Kombat some more. And between that and Skyrim, hopefully by the time I'm done screwing around with those two, frickin' uh, Injustice will no longer be $1,000 or whatever new games cost, because I'm broke, so it costs 1000 I imagine that's going to get cheap pretty quickly, because games like that, while fun, people burn out on fast enough that they have to compete with used prices. So Yeah, so I'll head over to Lost Ark in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, grab it cheap there at some point, hopefully. Let me know when you head over there, because I'd like to visit there again someday. Yeah, I was going to swing in on Sunday, because I was in Greensboro. And you know what? They're closed on Sunday, comma, duh. Yeah. But that's between that and freaking Skyrim. uh, That's pretty much all I've been doing that's not posting shows or editing shows or recording shows. (laughs) Yeah. I would have been playing Diablo 3 all weekend, but people kept talking to me and inviting me places. So I did that instead. (laughs) Boo. We we apologize. (laughs) No, it's fine. Boo socializing. (laughs) Lame. Weak. (laughs) You're never going to level up at this rate, Mike. (laughs) But that's all I got. Yay games and things and stuff. So I'm going to get Monday Night Magic posted now, and then I'm going to go play some scrim for like an hour or six. Whatever. 
So this has been. Thank you, Bill, by the way, for joining us. It was fun. Filling in for the Zerk. Are you going to go put me back in the box until in 13 previews or 14 previews? 13 would be a while. That's, yeah, yeah, we're going to, we're going to use the time machine. Morlocks. Whatever. Anyway, hopefully not, but you never know. We tend to forget that other people exist when it's time to record. Fair enough. So, <laughs> this has been, uh, we, what did we determine? 276? 277. Seven. Uh oh. Did I, oh, I wrote the show notes. I named the show notes file 276. That would confuse the hell out of me in, in a couple days. So, this has been episode 277 of the Mana Pool. Be sure to go to cardshark.com and buy stuff. Use a card optimizer. Check out the, uh, buy deck, which actually looked really cool. And yay! Thank you all very much for listening and, uh, go play some magic.